0: Okay, uh, good evening and welcome to the February 21st, 2024 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. Vice President Alex Lemberg will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Commissioner Rick Swig, Commissioner John Trisvenia, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. President Lopez is absent this evening. Uh, we expect Deputy City Attorney Brad Russi uh, to provide legal advice to the board this evening. He will be here shortly. Um, at the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. <laughs> Up front, we have Tina Tam, the deputy zoning administrator representing the planning department, and Kevin Birmingham, acting chief building inspector with the department building inspection. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. The rules of presentation are as follows. Appellants, permit holders and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven to three minute periods. For rehearing requests, the parties are given three minutes each with no rebuttal. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have usually have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Time may be limited to two minutes if the agenda is long or if there are a large number of speakers. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination or to grant a rehearing request. If you have questions about a requesting a rehearing, the board rules, or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One in person, two via Zoom, go to our website and click on hearings and then the Zoom link, or three, you can attend uh, and provide public comment by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 830-5246-5774. And again, TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first dial star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine, which is equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes depending on the length of agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to board of appeals at sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now, we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say I do after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay. thank you. If you are a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So uh, the first item is commissioner comments and questions. Uh,
1: Thank you, Ms. Rosenberg. Uh, I I just want to say to my fellow commissioners, thank you for entrusting me uh, with the great power uh, involved in holding a gavel for the first time. Uh, with that said, uh, I believe Commissioner Swig has uh, some things he'd like to say. Um, thank you to the public and
2: my uh, fellow commissioners for indulging me <coughs> on, for the next few minutes. Uh, in, the, in the two previous meetings, uh, there were some participants in our hearing, specifically Mr. Jensen of DPW, Department of Public Works, as well as Mr. Stokel and Ms. Madeline from the Department of Recreation and Parks, who complained that I breached the equitable, fair, and respectful workplace policy by speaking aggressively, and some say rudely, to themselves as city employees. For that, I apologize to them, and I'm sorry. Um, Both were testifying on behalf of the same department on separate issues. As long as one person thought I was rude, I was. And I apologize to those who were offended both in the department and in the public. And no excuses will be made. There's no doubt that testimony triggered some questionable behavior on my part as exhibited by my intense reaction to some of that testimony. My passion got the best of me. And my questioning and my opinions on their answers were experienced by those upset as irritating and combative. For this, I apologize again to those individuals who are the targets of those diatribes, as this was not my intent, as my strong reaction was meant to create a positive outcome for the citizens of our city, as it always is. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to the equitable, fair, and respectful workplace policy. Uh, Under that policy, my behavior was unacceptable. I'd like to point out a couple things in that policy. It reads as follows. The City of, of San Francisco is committed to promoting and maintaining a safe and healthy working environment where every individual is treated with civility, dignity, and respect. To promote and sustain a workplace, where all employees and members of the public are treated with respect and dignity, and where employees feel welcomed and valued for who they are and what they can contribute. Each city employee is expected to abide by the values and standards below in this respective policy, in this respect policy, generally of interpersonal behavior, communication, and professionalism. And there are three key bullet points uh, that lead off the the policy memo, uh, which I have made available to our executive director for the minutes uh, today. Those few bullet points are as follows. Work honestly, earnestly, collegially, and collaboratively with with employees and others. Listen to and value the views and opinions of others, particularly when they differ from your own. Abide by all rules, regulations, policies, and laws, and promptly bring concerns about potential violations to your superior or departmental human resources personality. Uh, again, these three bullet points are uh, followed with detail and support. I'll continue uh, on my own. Uh, there is great respect for city employees from both myself and members of this panel. Make no mistake about that. We enjoy the opportunity with work to work with most city departments and we recognize their hard work on behalf of the the City of San Francisco. If If it were not for this population of workers in the city, it would not function, and we would not enjoy the quality of life we do as citizens of San Francisco. My fellow commissioners also serve the city and its citizens. We sit here week after week. We are volunteers, although we are paid a wage, which is a fraction, of minimum wage. We are not here for the pay, we are here because we care, we have a job to do at either the request of the Mayor or the Board of Supervisors. Our responsibility is to serve the public by ensuring that their appeals and defenses are those, uh, and those defenses of their, those appeals are fully heard while their arguments are evaluated and ruled upon on the basis of law, legislative compliance, and other rules, both state and local. We work honestly, earnestly, and collegially, and collaboratively with each other. And we try to do the same with the public and all city departments who testify in front of us. There is a presumption of good faith and trust. Yet sometimes, we face bumps in the road. This can come in the form of a false document a misstatement of the truth, and people trying to defend themselves when they have broken a law, a code, a rule, or some other compliance issues. When commissioners face these situations, and I'm speaking on my own behalf, this generally stimulates or triggers feelings of frustration, insult, and sometimes even greater irritation. As a result, commissioners respond through asking tough questions, which develop information that will lead to a fair and just resolution of any case. If an appellant, a permit holder, or a city department representative is viewed as not being forthcoming with the facts, comes unprepared to present their case, or presents in an unbalanced or inequitable fashion it is a commissioner's job to ensure that these insufficiencies are corrected there is always with the this is always with the intention of ensuring that information which is necessary to evaluate any case fairly is fully developed and becomes transparent to the commissioners in evaluating their final position The process of getting some participants to be forthcoming, transparent, and truthful is often a tedious and rough exercise, as emotions can flare on both sides of the room. Regardless of the emotions and sometimes heated exchanges, even between appellants and permit holders, It is all a process to ensure that all parties have had their fair and equitable day in front of this quasi-judicial body. Members of the public sometimes challenge this body by presenting biased and self-serving positions. Some even do not fully tell an accurate truth. They represent themselves as they need, and they only have their consciences to hold them accountable unless a law is clearly broken, at which point they are held accountable with some punitive measure. Even when we, as commissioners, are clearly misled, we listen fairly and in a balanced fashion. This is our job and responsibility, even when we are observing abuse of our system of laws and government. It is often very hard to maintain a decorum when malfeasance is clearly in play, but we have faith in the system that the process will result appropriately. City departments, in my view, are held to a higher standard because they are paid by the citizens of San Francisco to, to quote the the aforementioned policy, work honestly, earnestly, and collegially, and collaboratively with employees and others. The others in this case are the citizens and those persons who volunteer to represent them. In this case, others also include the commissioners who sit in front of you today. City departments should not represent a biased or contrive an unbalanced narrative as would abuse the entrusted power for private gain or because it is an ideological or self-serving need for the department or to achieve a purpose. Departments and their representatives have a responsibility to present evenly and fairly as agents for the public. This means that they must put forth the interests of the public before their own. This is where neighborhood meetings with full and open dialogue come in. This is where the department has not only the responsibility to the public to put forth their cause with research metrics and other substance, but also to consider the other side of any issue before putting it up for public review, comment, and then an ultimate decision uh, to define, sorry, and recommend putting it up for review, comment and then ultimate decision and recommend a specific direction. When a department, when a department does not complete their full process in a, in a diligent fashion because of an eternal agenda, a convenient need or sometimes pure neglect, this erodes trust, weakens democracy, hampers economic development and further exacerbates inequality, poverty, social division and the environmental crisis. It's the entire laundry list. Uh, thus, the impact can be significant. Departments with the best intentions may have internal, may have an internal agenda, which in their minds is the right direction, good for the citizens, or a method to find a convenient path to satisfying a need, or moving a problem forward. It is my belief, which may or, not, may or may not be shared by the others on this panel, that when it seems that a questionable test, when it seems when questionable testimony may be evidenced in front of this body, that it is necessary to scrutinize that information, to seek support for that department's representations with fact, metrics, substance, according to the rules, laws, or compliance requirements. Just like the public, when they are not feeling, being feeling fairly treated in testimonials. Sometimes this can be upsetting and aggravating, mainly because the outcomes may have important real-world implication. It is especially disgruntling when it seems that testimony may not be adequately forthcoming from a City Department, which taxpayers subsidize to perform at the highest standard of trust, equity professionalism, and without private gain. Clearly, in the last two hearings and during, and, and, and during those meetings, it was my view that testimony from departmental representatives may not have been balanced and fair, may not have been transparent, and was not necessarily supported by reliable and documented research, metrics, and other findings. When pressed for elaboration and questions by myself, which is the responsibility of every commissioner. It was my experience that these representatives on behalf of their city departments may not have been forthcoming with responsible and transparent answers to my queries. This was upsetting to me because that behavior, in my view, may have abused city policy by not adhering to the requirements of the city's fair and equitable workplace policy, which was those bullet points which i recited before i will not use this as an excuse or justification for my resulting and discomforting behavior because it was hurtful but it does serve as an explanation as about why my frustration was triggered so intensely by departmental representatives testimony in the moment of our exchange i ex I exercise poor judgment by not controlling my emotions before the delivery of my thoughts and messages to the City Department's representatives. Clearly and without argument, I may have overstepped the bounds of the equitable, fair, and respectful workplace policy, for which, again, I have apologized to those aforementioned and take full responsibility with remorse and with respect to those offended by that delivery. Again, no excuses. I hope those I offended will accept my apologies for the, the, for the strong delivery and the choice of words. Yet with humility, I respectfully ask that my behavior not act as a distraction that will take focus away from the critical issues which were presented in the case, cases and triggered that behavior in the first place. Commissioners and to the public, thank you for your time for allowing me the, the moment to share my feelings and to express my apologies.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Swig. Uh, any of my other fellow commissioners have anything to add in this first agenda item? Commissioner Tasvino? Uh
3: thank, thank you, President Lemberg. I just wanna say, purely personally, I, w- I wanna thank uh, Commissioner Swig for his comments. Uh, there's a lot here. Uh, I particularly appreciate the recitation of the bullet points of the city and county policy. It's a good education reminder for me, and I, I hope I others. Uh, I'm not going to try to respond to it because there's a lot here. I'm gonna, actually going to go home and read it and see uh, and, and, and consider it. But one thing that's, that jumps out at me uh, is that uh, we're all we're not that different between the volunteers who step up and, be- and, and become on commissions and the dedicated city and county of San Francisco employees. We have one boss. That's not the boss in room 200 or across the hall from 200. It is the people. And we work hard. Uh, we, are, we are committed to the, to the people, each and every one of us. And that's something that sometimes perhaps gets, gets forgotten or, or gets sidetracked in the, in the moment of, of trying, to, trying to resolve individual matters that come before us. Uh, so I I, 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 do want, I do want to say that if any part of that team fails whether it's a perceived failure on the part of city employees, perceived failures on the part of the commissioners and staff, then we all fail the people of San Francisco and I certainly will do my part uh, to fulfill my responsibility and I, I just again appreciate Commissioner Swig for his comments today I know we've got a long agenda so I will not I will not go further Thank you
1: Thank you. Uh, One quick note, Uh, thank you to everybody, all all the members of the public who are choosing to spend your Wednesday evenings here. I know there's probably other places you could be tonight, uh, but we all greatly appreciate your presence and your participation in the public process uh, and on whatever items you're here for tonight. So thank you for being here. And on that note, let's move on.
0: Thank you, I just need to check, is there any public comment on this item? Anybody in the room for public comment on this item? Anybody on Zoom? No, I don't see anyone, so we are now moving on to item number two, which is general public comment. This is an opportunity for anyone who would like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. Is there any member of the public who wishes to speak on an item that is not on tonight's agenda? Nobody in the room, and I don't see any hands raised on Zoom so we will move on to item number three this the adoption of the minutes commissioners before you for discussion and possible adoption are the minutes of the february 7th 2024 meeting and prior to the hearing commissioner trasvenia reached out to me and stated that the public speaker who attended via zoom and was identified as quote samsung sm for items four and five a b and c he thought they should be listed as unidentified caller So uh, that he would propose to amend the minutes that way. So I do, I need a motion, then I'll call for public comment. Or if there are any other corrections.
1: Are there any other corrections? Commissioner Trasvenia. I'll
3: move the uh, minutes with that one uh, amendment.
0: OKAY, SO WE HAVE A MOTION FROM COMMISSIONER TRESVINA TO ADOPT the, THE MINUTES AS AMENDED BY HIM. Uh, I, did, I DID NOT CALL FOR PUBLIC COMMENT. IS THERE ANY PUBLIC COMMENT ON THIS ITEM? NOBODY IN THE ROOM? NOBODY ON ZOOM? OKAY, SO WE HAVE A MOTION FROM COMMISSIONER TRESVINA TO ADOPT THE MINUTES AS AMENDED BY HIM. ON THAT MOTION, VICE PRESIDENT LEMBER? AYE. COMMISSIONER EPLER? AYE. COMMISSIONER Swig, AYE. So that motion carries four to zero and the minutes are adopted as amended by Commissioner Trisvino. We are now moving on to item number four. This is a rehearing request for appeal number 23-068, subject property at 3516 to 3518 Sacramento Street. Ed Rodin. the appellant is requesting a rehearing of appeal number 23-068, uh, Ed Roden versus department building inspection, planning department approval decided January 31st, 2024. At that time, upon a motion by Commissioner Swig, the board voted five to zero to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued. Uh, The permit holder is Margaret Rogerson, and the permit description is a revision to building permit application number 200006142628 response to planning enforcement case number 2020001795 to correct proposed building height to comply with required zoning height limit remove approved ground level garage and expand retail space and this is permit number 202108025569 and we will hear from Mr Van Roden first Welcome, you have three minutes. We won't start the time till you're ready. Just give me one sec, okay.
4: Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't feel that I received a fair hearing because no one on the board, nor the representatives from DBI or planning really understood the ADA laws and regulations. While there's strong interest in them from the board, they didn't really understand the full extent of what was presented. None of my arguments were questioned by the board or responded to by my neighbor or her team. It's quite frustrating to see the gentleman from DBI scramble for answers and incorrectly state the law around Title 24. Most of the questions from the board were with the confusion on what type of business, whether retail, professional offices, or residential, was on what, which floor. That, that was not correctly resolved as they did not address the access to the retail space on the second floor. Unfortunately, the board did not know or have all the ADA legal knowledge to make an informed decision. The cases should have been, should have been continued to win the correct subject matters Experts are available and properly view and understand the laws. Under Title Twenty Four, the disability access is triggered when they exceed the threshold, which happens, which my neighbor will far exceeds. Then, then it's treated as new construction, right? So then, the other thing that was not addressed was that um, the, the California Civil Rights Law, Unruh Civil Rights Act, and California Disabled Persons Act that protects the right of individuals with disabilities to the full use and enjoyment of the business establishments. Both laws provide any violation of the ADA is a violation of state law. That was not even addressed at all whatsoever. It was in my, in my original claim. Uh, my neighbor filed two exceptions to get around, the, uh, around this. First one is technical and feasibility, given the fact that my, residence is, my, my neighbor's adding a full fourth floor residence that you need to open up the walls and there's major work that has to happen. It's an invasive process but very common. I had a structural engineer go through her rebuttal to show where elevators can go.
5: Overhead, please.
0: Can you see this? Oops. Can you help them zoom out, please?
4: This is the plans. The top one is the plans that were sent as part of the rebuttal with the blue lines. My engineer engineer in green shows multiple locations where an elevator can go. So I'm not sure what the real issue is other than denial or, or budgetary. Um, this should have never been approved as a technical infeasibility by any means by the DBI. Second exception she's claiming is under 11B206.2.3 that under exception 1.2, any other privately funded multi-storied building that is not a shopping center or mall. You'll see the California definition of shopping center is only one or more sales rental establishments. By the state's definition, her building would be considered a shopping center that does not qualify for the exception. I'm also quite surprised that the board nor GBI seem to have any concern over the work permit starting five weeks before the actual permit was issued. This goes on and 30 on. Seconds. So like, um, I have photos, evidence, everything uh, from November 1st, photos showing the work starting. The permit was not approved until December 4th. The only active permit at the time was to re- reinstall the sprinkler system. So, I'm requesting a rehearing request so the right subject matter experts can be available in order to provide their input on this complicated ADA laws and exceptions in order to have a fair and equitable decision. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see, uh, we have Commissioner Trisvina has a question.
3: Uh, th- thank you for your, your testimony. Under our rules, in order to get a rehearing request granted, you must show new evidence that I'm reading from this. You must show new evidence that could have been changed, that could have changed the outcome of the appeal or established that there is manifest injustice. That's what I'm showing right here, brand new evidence. That's new evidence. Yep, brand new evidence. Okay. And can you describe in a sentence or two the manifest injustice?
4: I'm not sure what your question, what,
3: what, what. what well, the, there's, there's two requirements to get, if, if, if you are to be, if we are to grant a new, uh, a rehearing, you must show either new evidence I or have. establish that there is manifest injustice. And I want to give you an opportunity to say very clearly. So, what's the, the definition of manifest injustice? injustice?
4: What does that mean exactly? A manifest
3: injustice? Well, I'm not here to, am not here to describe it for you. Or, this or, is, this is what. We can you use different
4: words of what I'm supposed to respond to for that?
3: I'm he- I'm hesitant to go back and forth with all this, but if you can, why well, I think there's injustice, I can tell you that if that helps. Sure. So again,
4: I just read that. I don't know if you, no one read my first appeal. I'm not sure if you're hearing the second appeal. I have new evidence. Uh, the civil rights unrule was not addressed. The technical feasibility is I again new new evidence. The shopping center r- rule. So any all her both all her exceptions should be thrown out. Okay. understand why they weren't the first time
0: okay vice
1: president thank you sure thank you just one brief follow-up question I, i acknowledge your new evidence that uh in in the form of the diagram that you presented um my interpretation of that evidence is that it's sites where an elevator could could possibly be installed yes does it also present any evidence as to why an elevator needs to be installed not just that it could be so,
4: again, we need the ADA requirements. I'll read it again. Civil uh, Title 24, State Building Code, requires vertical access for more than three-story buildings. And, again, if you have businesses, she has two retail. On the First floor is retail, second floor is retail, third floor is professional offices, fourth floor is uh, residential, right, to be. Right. You need vertical access as required
1: by law. But except all those exceptions that we discussed in depth at the last hearing and that you mentioned again today. So the first technical feasibility is, is a joke, to be honest,
4: and it should not have been issued. And I have evidence from a structural engineer that took their plans from the rebuttal to show specifically five different areas you can put in an elevator. So it's when you put a fourth floor and you've got to reopen the whole building, right? It's not like a little thing. If they weren't putting the fourth floor, then maybe this wouldn't apply. But they're putting a whole new fourth floor. So there's multiple locations you in an elevator, which is required by law. Again, I'm requesting that a SME for that has ADA experience be here for the rehearing, so we can actually talk the right language. I've done heavy, heavy research on this. And then the civil right, the civil unruh law wasn't addressed whatsoever. I mean, there's multiple things that were not addressed at all. Okay. So I'm not sure if they were actually taking into consideration or not, not, people weren't understanding with the law. Thank you. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little emotional about this.
0: Thank you. I don't- I don't see any further questions. You can be seated. Thank you. So we will now hear from the permit holder. If you could approach the microphone, please. So, if you can identify yourself for the record, because I yes. don't recall you being at the last hearing. Yes. My
6: thank name you. is uh, Louis Robles. I'm the licensed architect. Okay, I've thank been you. licensed since 1990, and uh, that's over 30 years. I've been licensed, and I still have an active license.
0: Okay, I, I know, we have spoken before. I remember okay, your name. Okay, thank you. Thank you.
7: Thank
6: you. What I want to read to you is the response letters that we sent uh, forward to you in response to the appellant's uh, remarks. Uh, this letter t- to the appellant's brief for a rehearing request for appeal number 23068, dated 2524. If a project sees a certain cost valuation in 2023, three, it is. 200,399, then the entire building must comply with accessibility requirements as required by the California and San Francisco Building Code unless there is a financial hardship or technical infeasibility is granted by senior level management or building department. Level one, let me, uh, level. <coughs> Uh, One is fully accessible, compliant. There's no debate there. Level two and three, level three retail spaces, only one retail space will be located at this level after the project is complete. Require accessibility compliance based on the value of construction, office space are exempt. Since these levels are located above sidewalk level, vertical access is required. However, vertical axis has been exempted based on a technical infeasibility equivalent facilitation. Technical infeasibility was granted after an evaluation of the existing structural system of the second floor framing directly above the ground level. See figure that shows the critical structural members that were installed. Steel moment frames in engineer PSL girder beams. Let me show you. Here's the. Uh...
7: All right, please. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's
6: see. Here's basically.
0: Yeah, you should turn it and yeah, just look right. at it as if you're. Like this? Yeah, towards yourself as you're looking at the document. Okay. If you're reading the document. So I think. Okay. One okay. more turn, right? Or. One more turn. Okay. We paused your time.
6: Okay. Right there, okay. Technical invisibility was granted after an evaluation of the existing structural system of the second floor, framing directly above the ground level, see figure one that shows the critical structural members that were installed, steel moment frames, and engineer PSL girder beams. go to page two here you can see how disruptive a new commercial elevator will be to install inside the blue lines it is impossible to fit a commercial elevator shaft without disrupting critical structural elements or foundations supports figure one shows all the critical structural members whether they are still moment frames or engineer girder beams shown in blue. Figure two shows the completed foundations with massive gray beams and spread foundations of the retaining walls. An elevator shaft generally requires a deep pit, which will require excavating through critical spread foundations supporting retaining walls. This could compromise the foundation system. Thank you, that's time.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so you can be seated. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the planning department, nothing from the planning department. Anything from the building department?
5: Good evening, President Lumberg and members of the board. I don't believe there was any new inf- uh, evidence introduced. I don't think you should grant a rehearing. However, I do have a letter from senior plan checker, Joe Hospital, a certified CAS specialist who did do the plan review on this project. He's available this evening, so I'm gonna read his letter. It said the project in question, 3516 Sacramento Street, application number 202108025569 was reviewed by myself and approved on November 11th, 2023. A technical infeasibility was granted for access to this second floor mercantile occupancy as that occupancy had been approved in 1978 under permit number 7806096 and the occupancy has not changed since then. The use of the M occupancy on the second floor is not changing under this permit but the equivalent facilitation in lieu of installation of a commercial elevator which would require moving structural members and providing a pit which would have to be excavated through grade beams and spread footings would make this project infeasible. My, My approval of this project is also in line with many approvals granted to small mercantile offices and other service providers through the accessible building entrance program. The project sponsor will be providing a dedicated space on a fully accessible ground floor to accommodate the individuals and clients with disabilities. It is also important to remember that the ADA places of public accommodation constructed and open to the public after January 26, 1993 must be accessible to the people with disabilities. As the public accommodation was provided many years before the ADA requirements became enforceable, it is my interpretation that the project was approved correctly and the provisions adequate to provide public service. That's it.
0: Thank you, we do have a question from Commissioner Swig.
5: Yes, um, it, it,
2: it seems that the three areas that were um, surfaced by the appellant tonight were ADA, a numeric threshold of improvement, and then the realistic, the, 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 the hardship. Um, I believe that last week that we touched on the ADA, not as much in depth because you didn't have that letter with you. Yes. But you had sought information, received information verbally, is that true? Yes. Okay, with regard to the threshold piece, did, did we all, the financial yeah. threshold piece, yeah. uh, again, it may not have been as detailed, but it, did you not reference that? I just want to.
5: Uh, I can't. Re- and this letter, or no, a couple no, of weeks ago.
2: No, a couple, couple, when, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I believe. When this, when we were yeah. hearing this, I, I, I'm, the, ju- I'm just trying to uh, uh, get remember. my own memory
5: together. Uh, the yeah, they did. They did not reach a threshold where they had to pull full accessibility to all floors, and they were spending the money that was required on the ground floor upgrades to accessibility.
2: Right. So, and then, um, and then. I believe, by virtue of those two first things, that 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 we did hit on the hardship yes. issue. So, so are you comfortable with with that testimony that the three elements that were brought up tonight as yeah as new issues, and even though that there was a there was a uh, it was a, a, it was very diligent that the appellant consulted an expert the expert may not have had understood what was down below yeah. that so are you comfortable that all that you held forth on all three of those items yeah, last time so. yeah okay um commissioners so i have a the the issue that i have being very careful because this is de novo and it wasn't presented but i was here at a previous hearing and and heard about the um at that hearing which was another appeal, uh, appeal about the, and it was all a discussion about what was under underground yeah. and those footings. So unfortunately I have information in here from a previous hearing that provides me with the support of these, these claims just FYI, if you if you want to elaborate on, so we can. Well, it, that, the spread that, footing. That's with regard to the the foundation, the footings, all that stuff.
5: Yeah, I mean, they have a very extensive, large foundation system under there. To go through that would be an enormous amount of work, and you would have to recalculate and pour new grade beams to accommodate the spread of the weight or the load down onto it. Um, and then, as you go up through the building, going through steel frames and and strand lamps you're Opening up an enormous amount of work.
2: So, is there anything new that that we heard that we missed from last hearing that we're hearing new today?
5: Uh, no, not on our part.
1: Oh, okay. No, no, sir. This,
5: yeah, thank you. I saw the plans in the brief.
2: I'll give way to thank you very much. I'll give way to Commissioner Epler. Thanks. Just
8: a just a simple question um, with respect to to the plans. We've seen uh, both the. I guess we saw two two layers. We saw the steel framing, which were, were the blue lines, yeah. and we saw what is the, the foundation system, which is the kind of pinkish-red Pink shapes, shapes, right? And And we saw that, hey, there's p- plenty of space between those blue lines that you could mess around with, but... I guess what we didn't see, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this is the issue that Commissioner Swig was getting to just to put it into pictorial terms instead of, instead of just words, the issue is we didn't see the overlay of those blue lines over the pink spaces and see how little white there is left after you overlay those two.
5: Yeah, I mean, there's a, it's a complicated situation getting an elevator in. It takes up a lot of space. You also have to run the services to the pit. To make the elevator go up and down, which means you'll be also interrupting foundations and grade beams, and right. and you know there's it's it's a pretty extensive piece of work adding an ele- elevator.
8: Right, there's that that pit for the elevator is a re would require a reworking, reimagining, reengineering of the foundational piece and additional uh, concerns. It depends
5: where it goes. Yeah, it could definitely interact with that. I mean, you're, you're it's usually a four to six feet deep pit, and you have to put all the concrete around it. So you have to support it as well.
0: Okay, thank you. Right. Commissioner Trezvino?
5: If you could, or
3: defer to the city attorney, if, if if that's appropriate, the significance of what you are describing right now about the difficulty of putting in an elevator is is the issue that it's impossible or that the ADA recognizes that this would be too much of a burden on the property owner and therefore it's not required because it's too much of a burden.
5: Yeah, it would be the latter. I Just mean, you, you could, if you really wanted to spend a lot of money, squeeze an elevator in somewhere, basically. Okay,
3: and, and, that, and that's the legal issue we should be looking at. Yeah. Is, is, oh, great, thank you.
0: Okay, thank you, no further questions. Thank you. Okay, is there any public comment on this item? Anybody in the room? Anybody on Zoom, please raise your hand. I don't see any public comments, so commissioners this matter submitted.
1: All right, commissioners. I'm not gonna go down the line like uh, my, uh, so anybody who wants to start uh, may start. Um, I I didn't hear,
2: aside from the fact that we saw a new set of plans, or a, a set of plans which add a claim to it. Um, and I I don't consider the, that new information because I I believe those issues were discussed and handled previously. There was no new information uh, presented tonight, from my view. I'll pass it along to somebody else who may have a different opinion.
8: I I, I would concur in that analysis. I mean, we saw a different version of understanding what it was, but these are all things that were considered by the departments previously, and we certainly quizzed the departments about their... um, about the, the issues around whether or not uh, you know there was actually technical and feasibility, uh, regardless of whether or not we had it more fully illuminated how much open space there was between the still components, if that not necessarily the foundational components.
3: I, I concur w- with my, my colleagues, and I, I just want to observe that in in this process, in effect, we are... Rehearing the matter as we decide whether there should be a rehearing granted, uh, while it may be of cold comfort to 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 the requester, we have heard the testimony and, and the evidence before, and this time, uh, I just don't see a basis to to make any uh, any different uh, any different decision than we've already made.
0: Sir, they're in deliberations. Mr. Van Roden, please. Thank you. Could you please? please.
1: Thank you, I concur with my, my fellow uh, commissioners, so I, um, I'll i make
2: the motion to um, d- uh, deny, the, deny uh, the request on, re- request request on the basis that there's, there's, as there is
0: based there's no, uh, new, neither new evidence nor manifest injustice.
2: Sounds fine to me, thank you very much.
0: Okay, so on that motion, Commissioner Chesvina? Aye. Vice President Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. So that motion carries four to zero and their request is denied. We are now moving on to item number five. This is appeal number 23-070, Jacqueline Mathern versus Department Building Inspection, Planning Department Approval, subject property 1230 Guttingen Street, appealing the issuance on December 8th, 2023 to Luan Vu of a site permit. New single family res- residential type VB two-story building. This is permit number 202109238995, and we will hear f- first from a representative of the appellant. Welcome.
9: Thank you, and good evening to all of you. Uh, my name is Kathy Gower. I am a, a friend of Jacqueline Matharen. I am not a neighbor, um, I, but I am very interested in this case, this this permit. I want to thank you to the respondent for considering the idea that small houses on tiny parcels will battle the housing crisis for middle-class working people. okay. However, our appeals stand in this case. It is an ill-conceived project covering the entirety of a very tiny slice of property better left to be open space. It's hard to believe that the inspectors have actually visited the site to properly access the reality of the property, which is a leftover tag And when the street changed. We feel that the proposed project could possibly serve only one or two people, and will not even have the advantage of a space that an RV, a standard RV, would have as far as airspace around it and livable open space. We have mentioned before that a standard RV will not fit on the property that ranges from seven feet before building on one end to 11 feet on the opposite side. The 10-foot official sidewalk in the plans, and I can show you that.
8: Overhead, please.
9: Is that where I put it? Yeah, it's right there. Okay. The 10 foot official sidewalk is wider than the house proposed, um, and it also purports to have, which also purports to have two sets of internal stairs. Open space, other than the public sidewalk and the street outside, is only another thin sliver, a 134 square foot top of two stories, supposedly for a family, but it's merely a few feet away from several of the neighbors' windows. And they've all complained in um, <clears throat> their, the uh, papers that you have. There's also assist- an existing telephone pole or a utility pole, sewer ladders, et cetera, that need to be regarded. There's no services to this piece of property. Street trees, which I mentioned before in the first uh, appeal, they may be under window abutments. I'm not sure. Maybe they're part of that 10-foot official sidewalk. Um, the respondent also um, submitted items one and two, that Jacqueline has lived on her property. I want to say that Jacqueline has lived on her property for over 50 years and has taken care of the refuge and rubbish that has littered that tiny sliver before her fence was built years ago to protect her and to keep her from having to keep cleaning that sidewalk because it's on the bottom of a little dip. and everything ends up there. She feels she had a quick claim, right or wrongly, that the property since before the present owner ever lived on Wildie Street or bought that piece of property. Um, that was a city sale of a little tiny piece. She says that she refuses to let any builders or contractors on her property. She said that while she was under pressure almost two years ago, which is part of the, the package that the um, that the uh, respondent wanted, Um, but no carpenter has given her a price or offered her to move it. She obviously cannot do it herself. Jackie is here, she's 97 years old as of two days ago or three days ago. She has since changed her mind as she realizes that since she has cared for that sliver of landscape since before the family became her neighbors and owners, it is her prerogative not to remove it because of her concerns for her safety in this neighborhood until she absolutely has to. There's no need for her to spend any funds or any more time on this preposterous project. And in fact, the project sponsors have insisted in the past that Jackie should pay 100% of the cost of all fencing. She's 97 years old and on a fixed income. There's also concerns regarding that section belonging to the UP family who's here tonight as well. Discussions reveal that they don't also want to allow access to this absurd project either. In addition, please note that other neighbors' contributions as well as the reversal of many prior proponents of this project as more more details became available. In other words, as more details became available, they pulled out their support for the project. These are not the uh, code readers or anything like that. By the way, my kitchen table that sits three people on one side is seven feet long, not including the chairs. But if I include the two chairs on the end of that table, It's 10 feet. That's how big this place is. This tiny little piece of property that the um, the uh, person who is applying for this permit or who has received a permit um, wants to build a house, a two-story house with a little uh, 134 square foot piece of open space. It contains the whole prop. The house contains the whole entire property up to the sidewalk, up to any kind of fences in the back, back uh, property of the people behind it. Um, that standard RV that I was talking about is usually the one that you see rented all over is 25 feet long. This says, according to this, 33 feet in the front. So, it, and that includes In that plan. It includes two sets of stairs and room for three garbage cans or recycle bins. And is that standard um, RV is about 10 feet wide, 10 to 12 feet wide, has to accompany going on a city street. This would be, this project would look like two RVs on top of one another with a deck on top. I think that the codes might have all been well in the uh, plans that were submitted, but the actual reality of what that project would not only look like, but the effect that it would have on the neighbors, and you've heard from several neighbors and will again tonight, um, is immense. The respondent owns property um, next to it, and this this is Jacqueline's property right here. They own that. So they could do anything else do an adu unit to bring that inspiration that they said that will help battle the housing crisis am i finished
5: 30 more seconds i'm sorry you have 30 more seconds
9: okay so the idea that that this would be an inspiration for other tiny homes i don't feel that maybe it is but this is not the one that will do it this is not the one that will make it feasible, especially considering it's taking the whole plot. So I will sit down Thank you we... answer questions if you have any. There yes, is. we have a
0: question from Vice President Lemberg.
1: Thank you. Um, I So I understand that there was a previous Board of Appeals hearing on this property in which a variant was uh, granted with conditions uh, back in 2021. I was not yet on the board at that point in time, but I we were provided with the decision in that um, and ultimately I think the my understanding of it and please correct me if I'm wrong is that the 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 previous decision kind of already addressed the whether the question of whether a property uh, whether a structure can be built on this lot or not so number one if please tell me if I'm wrong in some way about that and number two um, what what has changed since that last hearing in 2021 uh, that, what's, what are the words I'm trying to say? What, what has changed since 2021 uh, so that we might have some basis to grant, uh, I mean, uh, uh, to grant an appeal on this, considering, considering the previous
9: decision? Okay. Well, I feel that no one has ever really looked at the actual size of this. You know, I, I'm trying to give you, you know, comparisons. But the original one was for three stories. Then it went down to two. Then it was the variance had to do with the amount of open space, and it had to do with it just wasn't a really cogent design, quite honestly. How it would work with um, plumbing on one side and plumbing on the other, a bathroom on one side, bathroom on the other. Just, And what came out of that hearing, as far as I understand, was that, um, uh, that the building department would take over at that point and see what happened. So the uh, respondent then uh, submitted another set of plans, and that's the one that was two stories, um, but still with this little tiny piece of open space. Remember, it covers the whole entire lot. And, uh, you know, it was there. But it didn't address the concerns of the neighbors or the concerns that I have that this particular uh, tiny house will be a precedent for other tiny houses. This is a very distinct tiny, tiny, tiny house.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Swig? I
2: I don't know whether my comments, I'm going to try to put this in the form of a question and maybe you can help me. If not, I'll reserve the comments for later since I was a member of that commission that um, did pass the variance. But there was one dissenting vote, guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. And, and um, did, did you happen to participate in that hearing?
9: Yes, I did and i do be do that you were do you to
2: recall dinner. me commenting on um, the fact that i was stumbling on the issue of where the plumbing was actually going to go or where the infrastructure was going to go in this house that barely had room for people was uh, do, you, do, do you do? You do recall yes, you recall that? Can you can you elaborate on that for the clarification uh, of yes. the commission? Yes, um,
9: the plumbing was not quite right to have it on two sides of the house. Um, there was several ideas that you know maybe this has to happen to have tiny houses solve the uh, solve the problem of the homelessness. But this is not what this is. This is a standalone, tiny house on a very, very tiny lot. And I think that you and the other people did um, respond that the idea that, I can't remember who it was, that said that that lot was probably smaller than his tundra. Do you remember that? And you know, like, oh well, we, we gotta do something. You know, that was the the feeling that I got from that. And so the the respondent did do a fine job of letting the floor go down. We thought this was really ridiculous to have this thing. And then um, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I don't I can't get the feeling that pieces of different codes, because I understand codes, Um, put together makes an actual real house unless you're a builder and know what that is. And in this case, as I understand the, and I I can be corrected, that the respondent is the contractor and the builder.
2: Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Chazina.
3: I I, I want to thank you for your testimony on behalf of Ms. Maythorn. Can you clarify for me, are you personally affected by this or are you presenting her case?
9: I am presenting her case and she's very affected by it. I put this other picture in here um, because okay. there was uh, a respondent back or a, a appeal back okay. to saying that um, she didn't take her fence down or whatever. Okay. This is a neighborhood that needs a fence. Okay, well, and
3: you're, the, you're, you're now answering a question that oh, I haven't okay. asked. So first, and the reason I ask that question is because I'm not sure whether the remaining questions are, are fair to you if you're not a neighbor, if you're not actually there. What, what I want to know is two, two things. Uh, the first is whether you are saying this violates the code or whether this is just a bad idea if anybody looked at it.
9: I think um, it's a very bad idea. Okay. But the idea of tiny houses on parcels is not a bad idea. Okay. So are you saying this one
3: is? So, what is unlawful about it, as opposed to you and others conceive as a bad idea?
9: Well, I can ask anyone else here who who came in defense of. No, I'm, mm-hmm.
3: I mean, if, if you don't know what's unlawful about it, that, that's fine. Well, I'm, I'm I, not going to infer well, too I, much. I just want to, you've told me
10: what as, as, as
3: between unlawful and a bad idea, you've clearly made the case that in your view and others, it's a bad idea. That, that's fine.
9: It's but, a bad idea. Unlawful, I think the variances are pretty much absurd, but I didn't go for them. The people that were in... Commissioner seats at that time, mostly did not all of them. Okay, so I think I've, actually there was two people that said no, but I don't. Okay, I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying
3: to I'm trying to focus here and not take you down a road that I shouldn't. So I've now okay. established that you're speaking about Ms. Maythorn. You think it's a bad idea. Others think it's a bad idea. Can you describe, in addition to the impact of windows too close to Ms. Mathern's property, if I understand that correctly.
9: No, uh, into the other neighbor's property.
3: Okay, so what other impact to Ms. Mathern is there if this is built?
9: Uh, she's 97. She wonders she's where. She's going to be 97
3: anyway. She'll so. be
9: 97 anyway, right. Uh, she has a, has a great desire not to see a two-story building with a thing that encompasses her whole backyard because it's a triangular piece of material. I think that she has a feeling that it would affect the uh, plant life in her backyard, and so do other people have that same thing. She feels that, like I do, that it's not enough open space for anyone because it's a fully enclosed lot that's going to be on all sides. Sidewalk to people's property, and all the back is people's property. It's, entire, it's a whole lot. Okay. It shouldn't be like that.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Commissioner Swig, did you have something further? Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Okay. No further questions. Mm-hmm. We will now hear from the permit holder. Mr. Lay, welcome. You have seven minutes. Okay.
10: Um, <clears throat> thank you, uh, um, fellow commissioners of the board. Here, uh, since the last appeal meeting we had for this project, you know, any changes that former President uh, Honda requested me to change, I had done all that for him. That is why it got approved last time. Uh, there actually, there are actually no windows facing any of the neighbors' yards. Actually, it's all facing the front of the street. Uh, Those were changes that President Honda had told me to make last time. Uh, So another thing stays the same. Um, All the departments which have uh, were involved in checking in all of my plans from DBI, the Planning Commission, uh, even the fire department because this house will have fire sprinklers as well in it, Uh, PUC and DPW, uh, they all have checked the plans, uh, some had actually gone out to uh, the site itself, even though they couldn't access it because of the fence that was right there, uh, but they were able to still, like, you know, um, they could still see it from my side of the yard, so they were able to see uh, what was transpired and, uh, and everything that was going to go with it. Um, so. Per the request for uh, from the city as well, you know, I will be planting like you know, two trees because uh, there was a mention for environment uh, uh, for the environment. So two p- trees will be installed onto the sidewalk. Uh, there's actually other trees are also planted on that sidewalk as well uh, from uh, DPW's Friends of the Urban Forest. So uh, it was from uh, their comments that I was uh, at these two trees as well in front of the uh, the property. Uh, for the environment uh, the home itself. It's is really structurally strong There will be actually uh, some some steel beams in there to make it very strong supporter for, uh, for anyone living there and f- Pretty much for it's about 625 square feet 620 square feet uh, give or take around there uh, but uh, I mean if you consider some high-rises that are being built which has like you know studios or one bedroom apartments are like slightly smaller. Uh, This one was still this tiny home itself is still bigger than some of those, but uh, some of those buildings, if you want to rent them, is quite expensive as it is. Um, (coughs) I know Ms. Mathurin had concerned about her safety of her removing the fence. Um, I'm not asking her to remove her fence. I was just asking her to move her fence within a property line. Uh, That was also something that was mentioned last time at the appeal that we can discuss this. Uh, um, that, you know, we don't really necessarily have her cover 100%. I was willing to help out as well um, at that time when I, when I said at the last appeal meeting. Um, and if you looked at, like, you know, uh, the exhibits that she did, she, yes, um, her representative said, you know, that she said that she still, she would move her fence at the time. Even if she had moved her fence, I would still erect another, like, you know, um, temporary... Privacy fence, you know, just to make sure that everything is safe for her and for other members of the community. Um, And uh, like, and like, um, her representative Kathy had said, um, my hope was to hopefully um, battle the housing crisis that we have here in San Francisco. Um, You know, I know we have a. uh, We have a lot of land and it's possible to build um, smaller size homes to bring back the middle class because a lot of them have been, um, you know, moving out because they're being pushed out because of the the high rent stuff that's being proposed. And I just want to try to give back to the community. I mean, I've been fortunate myself. I I mean, I also work for the city and I consider myself fortunate and I want to try to give that back to the community and hopefully bring back. Boost the city's economy as well as just bring back the, the, the city to what it once was and could be again.
0: Okay, thank you. Are you finished?
10: Yeah. I, I, I mean, we still
0: have two minutes and forty three oh, seconds. Oh yeah, yes.
10: Yeah. I mean I I mean if I, I forgot. I needed to show you the um the exhibits which I, I believe you already have um on, on in front of you. Um, so this was Miss Mathern's um... computer. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay, this was Miss Mathern's first letter to me after the after that appeal meeting. Uh, she said that she would try to find someone uh, to get the estimate for the work and everything like that. So I had assumed that everything was like you know going to go forward and everything. And then she had sent exhibit two here to. Um, to tell us that she needed more time. So I respected her decision uh, to give her more time. I wasn't pressuring her. I wasn't uh, forcing her to do anything. I gave her ample time. Uh, it's like, you know, since this appeal was in 2022, it's now already 2024. Um, and, you know, she filed this appeal right here. So that's um, where we're at right now at the moment. And uh, my one of the architects who is actually on, the, um, who actually designed the plan is actually here too. Uh, so if you have any questions for him, HE CAN ALSO GIVE YOU MUCH MORE DETAILS ON THE PLAN ITSELF, AS WELL AS THE, uh, the uh, ARCHITECT AND STRUCTURAL DESIGN OF IT.
0: OKAY. Hey, THANK YOU. YOU FINISHED? YES. OKAY. I DON'T SEE ANY QUESTIONS AT THIS TIME, SO YOU CAN BE SEATED. THANK YOU. WE WILL NOW HEAR FROM THE PLANNING DEPARTMENT.
11: Good evening, Vice President Lemberg, members of the board. I'm Tina Tam, Deputy Zoning Administrator. 1230 Guntington Street is a substandard size, vacant parcel in the RH1 zoning district and a 40X height and bulk district. The scope of the permit is to construct a new two-story, single-family dwelling, approximately 625 square feet in size. The new dwelling will contain one bedroom and one and a half bath. 175 square feet of open space will be provided on the roof. The appellant is Jacqueline met a neighbor at the rare at 308 wild street. Jacqueline's concern is that the lot is too small and the new development will be too disruptive for the neighborhood. By way of background in 2021. A variance for rare yard and open space was granted by the zoning administrator and later appealed to the Board of Appeals. The appellant for the variance was Jacqueline Mathearn. Her issues today for the permit are the same issues <clears throat> she had for the variance. At the August 18th, 2021 variance appeal hearing, the board granted the appeal and issue the variance on the condition that the design of the dwelling be revised. The board requested the new building be scaled down, which included the removal of the third floor and the stair penthouse. The board also requested a three-foot side setback for the roof deck. Both President Lopez and Commissioner Swig were present at this hearing. As proposed, the plans for this permit ARE CONSISTENT WITH THE DESIGN CHANGES REQUESTED BY THIS BOARD. I'M GOING TO WALK YOU THROUGH SOME GRAPHICS TO HELP BETTER ILLUSTRATE THE PROJECT. OVERHEAD. Oh, HERE'S THE LOCATION OF THE PROPERTY. IT IS ON THE WEST SIDE OF GUTTINGEN between Harkness and Weill Avenue in the Visitation Valley neighborhood. Although the lot is extremely small, approximately 300 square feet in size, it is a legal lot of record. The lot measures approximately 33 feet in width and ranges approximately 8 feet to 12 feet in depth. Here is the Sanborn map, an area photograph of the property. The subject property is denoted in blue. And the appellant's property is in red. Um, Again, the area photograph shows kind of an outline of the subject property and the appellant's property. Um, Quickly note that um, just by looking at the Sanborn map, there are other dwellings along the same side of the street on Guttingen. Here is a street view and an area photograph on the bottom of the subject property. This is looking directly on Guttingen Street. And you can see the Appellant's property at the back and I believe from looking at the, the photograph, her, her building is three stories. Another area of photograph showing the subject property and the appellant's property here. Here's the proposed site plan of the subject property and some site elevations. Note that the dwelling is two stories in height, and there are no windows on any of the three elevations. This is the back. This is the side where you come in, and this is the uh, south facing elevation. These are the windows that you see in the building that you see on Guttingen. Given the proposed design is consistent with the design approved by the board, the department respectfully asks that the board deny the appeal on the basis that the permit was properly
0: issued. That concludes my report. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, we have questions from Commissioner Trisvenia, and then Vice President Lemberg.
3: Thank you for your testimony. If you could pull up either the photograph or the map, I'm trying to find out, my question to you is, What's the nature of the property in between what you describe as the appellant's building and the uh, permit holder's proposed building? There seems to be a gap, and I'm trying to figure out what that is.
11: This is the sandboard map, and I'm not sure whether whether this is sufficient for for helping to explain the relationship between the subject property, which is shown in blue. Right. And then the appellant's property, shown in red. You see the, the footprint of the buildings on both Wild and Guttingen. Um, you can see the size of the lot being, being very small compared to the other lot sizes in the neighborhood. But again, um, like I mentioned, that is a legal lot of record, and right. they have the right to go ahead and construct. So, further
3: south on Gettigan, if that's the right pronunciation. Oh,
11: um, what, what the lotting is that? conditions are a little, little, little unique. Um, this property, which is the, the neighbor, um, has a frontage both on Wild and Guttingen.
3: So the black lines are building
11: line, right? Outline and right. These are the, building the footprint. The property, the red right.
3: property, is the is oddly shaped area. Great. Thank you.
11: Uh, and just because this is the first time I've seen the photograph that um, the appellant brought up. The uh, photograph she brought up shows um, kind of a, an outline of um, the subject parcel. Um, that's kind of appears to be part of her property it's in fact not her property it's 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 the property that's um, being proposed for the new new dwelling
0: okay thank you I don't see any further questions so we will now hear from the department building inspection
5: good evening commissioners again um, DBI has very little to say on this. We believe it was properly reviewed. It went through all the departments. Everybody looked at it. Um, It is a zero lot line. And like Tina said, the windows are only on the street-facing side of the the building. The door is set back the three feet, and that allows for the trash can storage (laughs) as well. It's a small lot, so not much you can do.
0: Okay. Thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so you can be seated. Thank you. We are now moving on to public comment. Is there anyone in the room who would like to provide public comment? Please come up. Alec, did you put out speaker cards? Yeah. Okay. And after you're done speaking, if you could fill out a speaker card after you're done and give it to Alec, thank you. Thank you.
7: Did
5: you, you want to show the computer? Yes. Sir. Computer, please.
12: Hi, good evening, commissioners. Um, thank you very much for your time in hearing this matter. Uh, so uh, we are the family at 306 Wild, uh, which is directly adjacent to this lot. So it's the lot uh, you were just asking about. Uh, so yeah, there's four of us here. Uh, I'm here with my parents and my sister. It's actually my mother's birthday today, and we're spending our time here too. You know, so this is very important to us. Um, we're, we're strongly opposed you know, to, to the construction here uh we wrote a letter uh listing 14 concerns i'll, I'll highlight you know i think what was uh, most important is uh privacy and, and health uh issues especially uh health issues as it comes to uh construction dust and debris because this is ground up construction this is not a renovation project where the dust is going to be you know contained inside an existing building so we're highly concerned uh actually in, in 2021 during the, the pandemic, uh, my mom was in the ICU for more than a week and she has chronic health conditions. So, and it's part of the reason why we missed the very first, uh, variance, uh, hearing and we didn't attend, but we attended all the subsequent hearings and wrote to the board. Uh, so I'm going to show you visually, uh, you know, what the street looks like. So this is, uh, you know, the, the lot in question. So they have 30 foot of this, right? 20 feet of this actually is part of our property that is in uh, Ms. Matherin's backyard right now. Uh, so I'm gonna move up here and show you how close everything is. So this is Ms. Matherin's house. This is our house. Um, this is an office here. Um, this is a bedroom. This is another bedroom. And this is a bathroom. So if they build a home here, Right, two-story home here, even though there's no windows, the rooftop garden that they're going to use as open space is going to look into all of our bedroom and existing bathrooms. Right, so again, uh, very strong privacy concerns for us. And then in terms of construction dust, again, uh, very concerned, we live in a very high wind area, we're on top of a hill. All right, so um, besides us, there's actually a child care center here That's with uh, this blue house here. This is a child care center within 500 feet. It's about 390 or so, I believe. And then for- uh, 30 seconds. Down on this block, there's a group home, adult group home, this second home here. This, again, within 500 feet. So, again, we're very concerned about construction noise, construction dust. uh, And I don't believe they have a a dust control plan uh, approved by the Department of Health uh, so far as part of uh, their, their building permit. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Is there any further public comment in the room? Anyone in the room wants to provide public comment? Okay, and I do see a hand on Zoom. Stefan, please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Stefan.
13: Yeah, hi. I would just wanted to say that I fully support this new home construction. Um, I had also did a project in my home on Harkness Street a while back, and the Department of Building Inspection, uh, they're, they're very professional, and they've done their job properly. So I, I just, I guess I feel the person who's trying to appeal doesn't, you know, they don't even know what a construction project entails, so... Uh, I'm not sure how they can even argue with the DBI. I, I, I heard their assessment, and I think they did a proper job, and uh, uh, new buildings go up all the time, uh, and I think we need more of them, so I think this is a great little lot that doesn't impose on anybody's uh, privacy, or, and you know, there's dust all the time, so. New new buildings go up everywhere. I don't think that should be a problem, especially with a small dwelling such as this.
0: Okay, thank you. We will now hear from Jonas, please go ahead. Jonas, I see your hand raised. You need to unmute yourself.
14: Okay, sorry about that. No problem. I, um so I also support this project um I have two perspectives um well first I'm part of the community and those of us who are active in the community knows firsthand just all of the positive impact of all the recent commercial and community developments uh, you know all the shops the gardens the events uh but the privately owned homes and surroundings it's it feels neglected so if someone wants to build a new home and for it um and secondly um I don't wanna talk about homelessness because I don't think this one tiny home will fix that, but I wanna talk about how it can affect individuals. Um, I have colleagues that moved into the city for work and they moved into older neighborhoods, you know, like Viz Valley, Excelsior, um, just the greater Bayview, Hunters Point, um, because that's what they can afford. Um, so yes, an added home, no matter how big or small, um, it's welcome and I feel like it's needed. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the phone number ending in one one four zero. Please go ahead. You may need to dial star six. Hi. Oh yes, go ahead. Thank you.
15: Yes, thank you. Hi, my name. Hi, thank you for, uh, for uh, allowing me to speak. Uh, my name is Perry. Um, I am born and raised in San Francisco, uh, but I don't live there presently. And I, but um, I do have uh, you know thoughts about this project. And that I'm for the project. Um, you know, I just think about obviously the housing crisis and. I just read an article uh, last October that San Francisco's by the state required to build some 10,000 new units per year. I think in the last five years, only 4,000 total were added. So um, any sort of buildings and this meeting code, it's, uh, meet, it meets all the requirements and things. Um, I don't see why this can't be moved forward um, because we really need more housing in the Bay Area and San Francisco in particular. And if it does serve as a, a model for other um, I guess, other construction things, then fantastic. Um, I- I've traveled around. You know, I think people in different places live in different, uh, I guess, different size things. And uh, my wife and I, when we first came back to uh, the U.S., uh, we lived in a, uh, an apartment in Daly City that was maybe about 600, 700 square feet, and it was fine. It was great. And so, you know, I, I had the concerns about, as you said, 625 square feet. Um, you know, it's definitely livable. And, um, again, if we can bring more housing to San Francisco, then i um, for it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We will now hear from Justin I. please go ahead. Justin I. You need to unmute yourself? We can't hear you.
14: Okay, Hi. can you hear me now? Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The arguments to uphold the original decision uh, are is very strong. It is in my opinion that the permit holder, to be able to continue with this project based on all the departments who played a part in this approval process. Uh, and I don't think it's unlawful because this was approved in accordance with to the code for safety. And the permit holder also addressed all the concerns from the commission previously. And he has good intentions for this project. And the uh, second the previous few callers who were also in favor because it helps combat uh, that housing issue in San Francisco. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We will now hear from Kaija Clark. Please go ahead. Kaija Clark you need to unmute yourself. Yes.
16: Okay. I just unmuted myself. Thank you. Um, I own the house across the street from this development and as a uh, A person who's done a lot of constructions, this is extremely small. I agree with the comment that it was, it's even smaller than an RV. And considering so much of the property around, across the street on the Gattingen side, towards Brussels has extremely deep lots and has plenty of land to build something like this on. I understand that this is an available lot. And because of that, they can build on it but i do not think it is a good idea for the neighborhood or for anyone around because it's just too small to actually live in
9: it comfortably thank you
0: thank you we will now hear from jan please go ahead jan you need to unmute yourself we still can't hear you
17: okay Got it.
0: Okay, Hi.
17: I hear you. I, I'm a neighbor. I live down the block on um, on Gottingen, the next uh just past the corner. Uh, I'm a little dubious about people that are not from the neighborhood and don't know how to pronounce Gottingen and Wildy as the streets that are uh, bordering this the zone. Um, this is a teeny tiny little property. It's really the size of a bed and a toilet and um there's no way to sugarcoat this and make it uh, into something larger more attractive it of course we need more housing but housing a, on a site like this this is better for a community garden this is perfect for a community garden a playground or something that a community can use rather than um, trying to to get rich off of a tiny, tiny piece sticking up it's putting lipstick on a pig essentially no offense to the pigs uh, to build a two-story home on this property. Um, you know, of course, all construction required making dust and, and a nuisance and whatnot, and I'm a block away, so it's not going to kill me. But it is an insult to the people that live right on top of it um, and, and will detract from their property values, of course. And uh, it is just I, – I like – I mean, I wish we could – You can have a hearing where you can project the image of what this space would be have a a, uh, you can actually walk through what a place like this would look like it is inconceivable that somebody would like to live in this and I have lived in small places. I have lived in a trailer in the past, Um, so this is just beyond uh, the notion of being comfortable it is. it is kind of a ripoff on the community uh, because it was thought of as an unneeded piece of property. Honestly. Uh, we didn't realize that the permission was had been granted previously. We thought that it had been denied. And so we were uh, actually only learning in this hearing and I'm outraged that this project could possibly go f- forward uh, because. It, is, uh, it would be bad for the community and bad for San Francisco. We need housing. There's no doubt about that. But we need housing that's properly built, properly designed, and, and not like a, a cop job stuck in a driveway. This is essentially seconds. the size of a, of a parking space. So I'm not going to belabor the point. I, I just I hope that you guys reconsider uh, allowing a project like this
14: to go forward. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, thank you. We will now hear from Al please go ahead.
14: Uh, Hello uh, members of the board Uh, my name is Al Uh, I'd like to fully support this project uh, as the responder to the appeal mentioned that SF is currently facing a housing crisis for me right I believe that by having more housing it will help the housing shortage and by having more housing it will actually lower the cost because San Francisco I'm not do you know it is very very expensive to live in by having this like single family home it is like the prefer- preferable since the rent won't be as high compared to those to those big bigger company buildings apartments and condo rises. Yeah plus like I have friends I like, they would love to live into like one of these small housings especially when they want to come to San Francisco.
0: Okay thank you is there any further public comment please raise your hand. I don't see any so we're going to move on to rebuttal and we'll hear from the appellant Appellants' Representative, Ms. Gower, you have three minutes.
9: Thank you. Um, I resent whoever said, sorry about that. If you could speak into the microphone please. I resent whoever said that I probably don't have any construction um, knowledge. I've been a contractor's wife for probably 54 years. I know building, I know what works and what doesn't work, and I also have questions about where's the exhaust gonna go. This is built on this little tiny, tiny little spot. As a teacher, I know that the the respondent wanted to have a, um, you know, be for a family. And open space on the second floor, the bedrooms on the second floor with the tiny little stairway. Um, doesn't work necessarily for a family. A teacher says that you need 136 square feet per child um, in a school setting. That's a school setting, but that just again shows you how much there's no room in there. I'm sorry. It was a mistake, I think, to put it as a buildable lot, that piece, but that was years and years ago. Sorry. Um, People that are talking now, I actually have a family member who lives across the street as well. So it's not that I'm totally um, not aware. I know Gottingen and I know Wildy for probably 40 years. Um, what else can I say? Except it's ill-conceived on this particular lot and I do not, I'm not against tiny housing. And, Sorry. Yeah. That's fine. Are you finished? Uh, unless there's an, any other questions to ask me.
0: I don't see any questions at this time. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We will now hear from the permit holder. Um, my architect wanted to okay. That's fine. If you could just identify yourself for the record, please. Sorry. Your name, please, for the record.
18: Uh, Doug Mock. Um, yeah, uh, I represent the architects uh, on this project, and uh, we understand that this is a challenging lot, and uh, the project size is actually six hundred and twenty-five uh, s- square footage of livable, uh, habitable space, and that's that's actually not that small. And quite a few people live in spaces smaller than that in San Francisco. Um, and and I would just like to uh, respond to the uh, the appeal applicants uh, question about the sewer lateral, we will be only using one sewer lateral out of the site and that will be taken care of while we work with uh, the public works department. And uh, same as the street trees that uh, that were uh, raised in, the, in their concerns. And regarding the privacy, we uh, uh, just as the planning department uh, said before, uh, there are no windows on three sides of the property. The only windows, are. Uh, we have on on the building are uh, facing a uh, street-facing ones, and um, uh, and so much uh, much of the points raised today, uh, it's uh, it's a repetition of what we have covered previously in the uh, variance hearing. So um, we would like to uh, for you to uh, continue to support my uh, my client's project. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We do have a question from Commissioner Trzcinina. Uh,
3: th- thank you for y- your testimony. Have Have you or the permit holder had a chance to talk to your neighbors about the dust concerns? Uh,
18: we We are granted the site permit at this point, and we have not yet moved uh, forward with any of the constructed documents and uh, the plan on the site uh, on the on the dust control.
3: W- Do you intend to talk to your, now that that you've heard people here have legitimate, seemingly legitimate concerns about dust, talk about their their individual health or age issues, do you plan to talk to them about and cooperate with them on their dust concerns?
18: Uh, Yes. As the project moves forward, we will be addressing that as well. With them? Yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, does the planning department have anything further? No? Okay.
2: I have a a question for planning, please. I'm I'm sorry? I have a question for planning. Okay. So, uh, I dissented on the last hearing on the variance. We left that part out. I I believe that my dissent was based on out of character with the neighborhood. Um, As we look around that, and I stick to that, and I I stick to that position too today. Uh, As you look around the neighborhood, and we all saw, uh, thank you for the tour of the neighborhood, whoever gave us the tour of the neighborhood, uh, that was very interesting, uh, and the we saw the overheads, we saw the street views. Um, this uh, proposed building bears no relationship to anything else in the neighborhood. Um, and so that still resonates with me. Can you please tell us if a building like this is clearly not, has nothing to do with the rest of the neighborhood, why is, what is that, how do you raise the priority or raise the exception that a, a building is, should not be built because it does not resonate with the character in any way, shape or form with the rest of the neighborhood. Why is that good planning and where does that come into play? And in the variance, this is why this variance for me should never have been granted in the first place because it bears no relationship to anything in the neighborhood. So I'm still hung up on that. Sorry for the chip on my shoulder, but it 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 is a fact. You can see it. So tell me tell us about that. Enlighten us why this <coughs> why this building should be built when it bears seemingly no relationship to the rest of the neighborhood.
11: Thank you very much, Tina Tam, for the planning department. Um, the zoning administrator, Corey T, was present at the variance um, appeal hearing back in 2021. I believe he did answer that exact question that you asked about compatibility. Um, and I believe his answer was, it is compatible um, with a neighborhood character in terms of its use, it being a single family dwelling in a neighborhood that's zoned for single family dwelling. Um, Its size previously was um, approved for a three-story building because we do see three-story buildings in the neighborhood. But it was ultimately revised to its two-story design, which makes it even more compatible um, with a lot of the other two-story buildings in the neighborhood. The size of the building um, is much smaller than most of the other houses. So therefore, we didn't feel that the impact would be there um, because it's smaller. And the height of the building is in par with the other two story buildings in the neighborhood. And it fills in a gap along the street where there's other houses that are built right on the front. Could this be,
2: this is a substandard lot, I think you said that, all right. Why Why is a substandard building, why is this not a substandard building or, in my view, why is a substandard building appropriate to contribute to uh, a, a neighborhood uh, of, of this caliber or 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 of, uh, of this makeup? It's a you know substandard lot, substandard building. is 625 square feet. Why why does this fit in this neighborhood? Why should <clears throat> it be uh, built? Other than the fact that it right it it, fits all the bells and whistles compliance
11: it's 625 square feet because it's two-story on a lot size that's approximately 300 square feet we had initially supported a building that was 900 square feet on three stories but we respect and understand the board's decision to remove the third story Um, we didn't create the lot the lot was created from the very beginning uh, when the block was subdivided, however long ago that was. Um, it is owned by a person who has interest in developing it. Um, and and that's what we're reviewing.
2: I don't think you answered my question, which was, but you gave me further comment to make and, and supplement the question. The planning department supported a 900 square foot building. The Board of Appeals cut off 300 Feet of that um, does the, which makes it again even more challenging. Do, does the planning department? Why does the planning department support uh, a 625 square foot building when when it, it, you, you, your, your tone and delivery imply that? We, we we liked it at 900. We may not like it so much. It's at 600. So it, you no, is planning. That's the not planning what I said. That
11: I didn't okay. like 600 square feet. The board voted to remove the, the third understand. story.
2: I understand. I under, <clears throat> wait, I understand.
11: We're fine uh, with either 600, whether it's one bedroom a, or two bedroom. It's a dwelling unit. It's compatible with dwelling units in the it. neighborhood. Um, there are other. Dwelling units throughout the city that are just as small, if not smaller than the size, um, I'm not entirely clear as to, um,
4: so I'm going to how back. to
11: answer that question other than it is yeah. because of the size of the lot and, and what you can do with the size of the lot based upon the variance outcome back in 2021. So let's go
2: back to the original question. When is a a a building, let's take just generically, when is a building on a substandard lot, which by necessity is smaller by probably three to 400% of any other building in the neighborhood, what makes it compatible? Or, I'm I'm trying to think of the wording in item I, th- I think it's item number five or item number six in the variance requirements, uh, w- which which makes it not out of. Uh, I wish I can't I could come up with the words because I. Do you recall what the what the the six the 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 the, the, the last one on the variance uh, the five
0: findings
14: the five findings three o five C
2: number five is do we have wording on that Hi Brad I'd, you know this by I'd have
14: to pull it up Yeah good evening Commissioners Deputy City Attorney Brad Rusty <clears throat> the fifth finding is that the variance will be in harmony with the general purpose and intent of the code and not will not adversely affect the general plan.
2: Okay, what is what is the one that out of sync of the neighborhood maybe I The I'm fourth not...
19: one is about um that the variance will not materially will not be materially detrimental to the public welfare. Is that the one you're thinking?
2: No. Out of the character of the neighborhood one. Is there not one that says out of out of the character of the neighborhood? I thought that was number 5.
19: No. Is that No. Okay. All right.
2: When is something out of character with the neighborhood is my 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 general question
11: <clears throat> if your question is when is something too small mm. it,
7: it, or could too that large.
11: be one of your question could this be too small for the neighborhood yes there isn't any provisions in the planning code about a dwelling unit being a certain size i know there's something in the building code about dwelling and habitation and it's, if it's too small then you can't call it living space But we don't have anything in the planning code regarding that. And I believe if maybe um, Mr. Kevin can come up and answer that, um, it's quite small, much smaller than what's
0: being proposed for this project. Okay, thanks. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Epler.
8: Sure, I have just a quick question. Uh, And you may not know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm asking it based on just looking at the maps. Are there any accessory dwelling units built in Visitation Valley?
11: Um, I would assume so, quite possibly. I didn't do that research. Um, we have, whether it's legal or illegal or not, but we do have um, both a local and a state program for um, ADUs, and um, we do find those throughout the entire city.
8: And what's what's the average size, would you say, roughly of, a, of, a, of an ADU?
11: It ranges. It depends on just the SORT OF THE PROPERTY ITSELF, I'VE SEEN FOLKS PUT IN ADU'S IN GARAGE SPACES OF APARTMENT BUILDING WHERE IT'S ONLY A STUDIO, um, ONE ROOM.
8: SO 300 SQUARE FEET, 200 SQUARE FEET?
11: POSSIBLY. ADDITIONAL Mm -hmm. dwelling units, STAND-ALONE ADU'S
8: KIND OF RUN THE GAMUT AS WELL?
11: THAT'S CORRECT. WHATEVER THE MINIMUM REQUIREMENT IS FOR THE BUILDING CODE.
8: OKAY. THANK YOU.
0: THANK YOU. NO FURTHER QUESTIONS. WE'LL NOW HEAR FROM DBI. Did you? Have, do you have a question, Commissioner Swig? Yeah, example? sure. Okay.
2: I'm not trying to build a case. I'm trying to get educated. One, um, I think also the dialogue. Oh, you you had you had nothing to say. Oh, yeah. Um, so I I I'm trying to recall. I, I'm sorry, I didn't watch again myself on tv uh from the last hearing but i i believe my concerns related to not only that you have a 300 square foot um platform to build on but by the time that you build the the infrastructure uh with uh, appropriate four by sixes or whatever the uh the requirement is as far as Building something by the time you put in an infrastructure, which might include a hot water heater, so you'd have hot water in the morning, or in the dishwasher. By the time you put in a, the tiniest of dishwashers, the tiniest of sows, the tiniest of everything, uh, they, ain't, they ain't much room left in a 300 square foot um, max space, um, and. And I think the conversation went, yes, you can do it. Um, And it might be so small that you would have to step outside to change your mind, but you can do it. And, um, and could you put a bed in the bedroom with uh, a nightstand to put your clock radio on? Yes, you can do it. Uh, And can you put in an efficiency bathroom, um, to to take a shower, you may not have room for a tub, but you sure can do it with a shower. Um, but just because you can do it, is it a good idea? Is the question was the question, and and two, when when is what is too small, when is too small too small? Commissioner Upward was was correct in pointing out. I live in the marina. I see uh, garages being converted into ADUs. Um, on, a, on a daily basis, pretty soon we won't have any more garages left. Uh, that doesn't matter. Um, but one is too small, too small, especially in a freestanding uh, f- family uh, f- family residence, which is the term I don't know how family fits in there. I don't know how two people live there. One is too small, too small?
5: Well, the only thing in the building code, a lot of this is the housing code. But the only thing in the building code, as far as the size of a bedroom goes, is I believe it's 80 square feet, which is uh, pretty small. Yeah, that's the only. And their ceiling height is seven foot six, so the actual square footage of a kitchen or bathroom uh, are not in the building code. Just okay. the bedroom.
2: So, so size size doesn't matter. You can size doesn't matter. make it make it as small as small can be, as long as it yeah. passes all the bells and whistles. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean a lot of these you could electrical. have
5: the Insta Hot outside. It's a very small unit that mounts on the wall and that supplies radiant heat as well as hot water you have you know 12 inch dishwashers you have very small it's a small space but it
0: can be done
2: yep i think that was the response i got last time that's that works thanks very much Thank
0: you. Any okay thank questions? you i don't see any further questions commissioners this matter submitted and i see someone uh on zoom raising their hand but we're not taking any further comment from the public on this matter so commissioners this matter submitted
1: Uh, Commissioner Eppler, you look like you wanted to start.
8: Uh, I'll go ahead and jump in um, i I was not on this board in in 2021 and, and perhaps I would have liked it been because I think that the variance discussion was probably an interesting and uh, one and probably one that was well debated and that was uh, you know would have been would have been uh, you know a good conversation to be a part of. Um, However, this isn't a a rehearing of that or a request for a rehearing of that. What it is, it's an appeal on a very particular permit. And with respect to that very particular permit, um, I don't see any grounds to grant the appeal. Um, And so, you know, not to jump the gun, but I'll go ahead and move to uh, deny the appeal on the basis that
1: the permit was properly issued. Commissioner Tresvigna.
3: Uh, thank you, President Lember. I, I concur with, uh, with Commissioner Epler. Uh, I, first, I want I appreciate everybody who has come out both on, on, on the phone and here in person, spending your family's birthday here. We appreciate that. Ms. Maythern, happy you've come out. You've got a great advocate, uh, and, and, and the permit holder has made his case as well. Uh, my inclination was that these are all important discussions to be had among the neighbors in the community to talk about neighborhood character, to talk about dust plan, to talk about, is this really what we want to have here? And are you really doing this to promote the housing in San Francisco? Uh, and another way of giving back to San Francisco would be just to do something else and make your neighbors happy. But that was my first inclination. But we've heard two things. One is, from, we've heard from nobody that there's any legal flaw with this, that there's any violation of any codes. Uh, people have their views on it, but not that there's any legal flaws. Second is that this board seemed to have heard all of this before and has come, came to a decision then. And I believe that, that property, property owners, permit holders, the public should be able to rely upon what a previous board has said. As I understand it, the, the permit holder has done everything consistent with what this board asked to do. So uh, I, I find a, a, an absence of reasons to upset that previous determination, and I would deny the appeal.
0: Vice Thank President
1: Um I concur with the, with the outcome on this, um, but uh, that's not to say I didn't hear a lot of really Useful and interesting other information tonight um, from the appellant, from the public commenters uh, that I think is very valuable. Number one, I, I do think, you know, it, had I been on this body in 2021, I may have come out differently on the variance hearing. And I, I but as uh, Commissioner Appler said, that's not what we're here deciding tonight. Um, and as a result of it not being the decision, uh, not being what we're deciding tonight, I can't render a decision on it. Um, you know, I also somewhat question the the wisdom of this project overall. But again, that's not what we're here deciding. Um, and and also at the same time, I very you know very loudly and very clearly heard uh, Miss Mathern and her and her representative, and the neighbors. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like the the neighbors presented some very legitimate concerns uh, regarding safety, regarding dust mitigation, regarding construction noise, regarding all of these things that uh, that uh, several people here tonight spoke to. Uh, and I hope that the the permit holder um, takes those takes those things to heart because it does sound like you have quite a few neighbors who are relatively, you know, unhappy with several parts of the project. Ultimately, though, uh, you know, I think what what the appellant is asking for here is that no project be permitted to move forward, and that is that one I have a, a harder time with because ultimately, the permit holders here, presumably purchased this property or obtained it some other way and you know are entitled to build something on it if it meets the code and and we've heard extensively that it does meet all of the codes and does meet all of the laws uh, and i i haven't heard any evidence to the contrary on that point uh, and ultimately i don't think it's wise to you know to prevent this project from moving forward um nor is there any legal basis to do so but I do hope that uh, that the permit holder has heard the concerns of of their neighbors and that uh, they will take those things into account when moving forward with this project, Commissioner Swig. Thank you very much. Um, as the as the
2: one uh, one of two dissenters was just it just one one that would be me. Uh, I I obviously didn't think the variance was a good idea. Um, because we were trying to put a, I think we were putting a round, a, a round a t- tube in a square hole which, which fits, but it doesn't fit very well. Um, I, and, and I really still don't think the project is the, the, the greatest project I've ever seen. Um, and, but that's my opinion. It has nothing to do with, as aforementioned, whether this complies, it complies. Um, and just because uh, my taste is all in my mouth and I might have the, the wrong idea about this project doesn't mean that uh, it shouldn't go forward because it does comply, it does follow with the laws, um, uh, and uh, and therefore there's really no basis that I could put forth to stand in the way mm-hmm. and, and find reason to a, uh, approve the appeal as much as I really don't like the project, but again, I I don't like a lot of things, so I will support a motion uh, to
3: deny the appeal.
1: Commissioner Trezvino. I just
3: want to add very briefly that uh, yes, it complies, but these rules and ordinances are written by people in this building and there's clear dissatisfaction with the, among many members of the public and the community, probably exists elsewhere, those other people in the building need to hear you because we're here to, we're here to deal with the compliance. The other issues are very, very valid, and, and you, just, you, you also need to be heard elsewhere.
0: Okay, thank you. So we have a motion from Commissioner Epler to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued. On that motion, Commissioner Trisvenia? Aye. Vice President Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Swig? Aye. So that motion carries four to zero and the appeal is denied. Thank you.
1: Um, I, let's take a five-minute break before we get started. Okay. Just a quick bio break. Okay. Thank you to everybody in the room who's been very patient. I appreciate okay.
0: you. Thank you. 0808 4227 all work is complete this is permit number 2024 and we will hear from the appellant first mr ard welcome you have seven minutes
20: good evening uh, president lember members of the board uh, thank you for considering my appeal um, this Appeal is concerning a deck that's already been uh, built and has been in use for a few years. So um, this appeal is concerning uh, real life experiences with an existing structure rather than um, uh, plans. So um, we're asking that the board um, approve the permit uh, with two conditions and one additional inspection The two conditions being uh, we're asking for a privacy screen and we're asking for uh, items that were not in the original plans be removed. Um, After a few unsuccessful attempts to reach common ground with the uh, permit holders, we, um, my wife and I um, hired a professional mediator to facilitate discussions, but uh, we weren't able to reach any uh, agreements with the permit holders. So um, that's why we're here today. Um, so this photo shows uh, the properties you see on the left is the uh, deck and facing south is our property. You see uh, you know, our property in the bedroom window uh, just above the deck. Um, so we're asking for a um, privacy screen uh, on that side of the deck that's facing our property, so there'll be no um, limitations in the enjoyment of the deck by the uh, permit holders. Um, we're offered to pay for it. Um, we've uh, asked for a, a solid wood uh, wooden screen from the floor of the deck to just below the eaves of the building, uh, and this will provide both visual and uh, auditory privacy the deck itself it's the daily office space of one of the permit holders Um, he's out there every day he's uh, conducting business taking phone calls uh, participating in lively uh, virtual online meetings Um, the second uh, condition we're asking is the removal of objects that were not um, part of the original plans this includes a eight foot a post that was added to the northwest corner of the deck, northeast corner of the deck. Um, it's facilitated uh, nuisances. At one point, they had a uh, banner, very large banner that they flew. They used the post as a, a flagpole, and it was uh, flying above the eaves. It was a uh, visual and auditory uh, nuisance. It was waving in front of our window. It was uh, snapping in the wind uh, in the middle of the night. And... Um, That uh, banner since been removed but uh, the post is still there and the post supports wiring for uh, additional lights uh, which are also above the eaves. Uh, These aren't temporary lights. These are, uh, have been there for a few years and uh, the permit holder has indicated that they're uh, going to be there permanently. And I'll uh, put those up on the screen.
0: We paused your time.
20: So um, uh, this lighting is an obvious nuisance. It it shines into our uh, bedroom windows. And so that's in contrast, this is the um, primary lighting. So um, this is the primary lighting. This was installed when the deck was built. You can see uh, the lamp in the upper uh, left. It's uh, on the dormer. And it uh, more than adequately provides lighting for the entire deck. And uh, more importantly, it shields against lighting pollution by uh, focusing the light downward rather than horizontally through our uh, bedroom window. And... um, in her, um, in her brief, the uh, permit holder uh, references personal actions, uh, she'll say, uh, I don't try to make much noise, or we, we try not to shine the lights very often, and whereas in my document, I was more uh, focused on the structure itself and the, um, you know, the, the aspects of the structure, and this is because you know people come and go, they could sell their house tomorrow, they're not gonna take the deck with them, uh, new people will move in and they 'll have their own uh, personal uh, behaviors and actions um, so uh, i 'm asking the board to diminish any uh, you know consideration of uh, personal actions and behaviors in favor of um, the structure itself and, and what the structure how it 's configured and and what um, what its uh, potential is both negative and positive, and and, uh, for, you know, not only for us, but for all the people who will occupy these properties uh, well into the future. Uh, And lastly, I asked for uh, an additional inspection. Uh, The electrical wiring was done without a permit, so um, that's a safety issue. And uh, we have two, they have two uh, inspections in the pipeline. One's for, Uh, safety, structural inspection, special inspection, and the other ones for a final inspection. If we could add a uh, electrical wiring inspection, um, that would be fantastic. Um, Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time. So we will now hear from the permit holders. (laughs)
21: Good evening. Um, Frankly, uh, I'm not really sure why we're here tonight. Uh, As you can see from our reply to the appeal, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not this kind of lawyer. And it seems to me that the only reason that we have a permit is to ensure the structural integrity of, of the thing that is built, the deck. This deck was built with a permit that was issued by the the city and county of San Francisco. There were a handful of inspections at the time of the initial construction. And unfortunately, we had a bad contractor who didn't finish the final inspection. And that's why we're here tonight, because Mr. R decided to complain about the fact that there was no final inspection, despite the fact that he could have complained in 2017 when this deck was built. We have made every effort to uh, mitigate the harms to these people. We try, we shielded the lights um, so that they don't shine up into their windows. We don't use the deck every day. As everybody knows, it's raining right now. It's foggy and cold in San Francisco during a great portion of the year. And my husband does like to sit outside, but he doesn't like to sit outside in the fog and the rain. Um, And while he does use the deck for some work meetings, um, we've explained to um, Mr. Ard and his wife that my husband suffers from uh, pretty significant hearing deficits. So his voice is loud, but that's a disability. And we try to understand their complaints and try to mitigate the harm. We also don't use the lights that they are complaining of more than maybe three or four times a year, the string lights that they say are permanent. They are permanent um, in the sense that we put them up, they plug into the wall. There was an inspection by D- DPI because there was the compl- exact same complaint um, ish- that was um, made by Mr. Ard to the city in 2020. Um, so I guess the, our question to this board is, is our deck legally built? Can this board impose some kind of use uh, uh, on the deck other than the structural use? And we don't feel that it's appropriate for this board to actually take any action other than to allow us to proceed with fixing the problems that we'd already started to fix by getting a renewed permit and hiring a contractor, which we've already done, undertaken at cost to us. And now we have, a contractor sitting and waiting for us to start this work um, because this permit has been suspended because of this appeal. And that's all I have.
0: Thank you, we do have a question from Vice President Lemberg.
1: Yes. Thank you, and I, I do plan to ask this question to the appellant in rebuttal as well. Uh, just regarding the, uh the the light screen for lack of a better word when was that installed it sounds like it wasn't installed when the deck was originally built is that correct
21: what what what, which screen the 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 shields on the light Uh,
1: the 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 wood screening that's between his bedroom window and the Ah. and your
21: deck there is a screen that is made out of lattice, which um, I, there's a photograph. Do you want me to present it on the overhead? That would be great, yes. Okay, I'm not, I wasn't sure if you had that in front of you. Um, and I apologize, I printed oh, the in um, black and white. So if you can see this uh, at the top is the bottom of their bedroom right there. There's a planter box where we have planted a very fast growing, uh, we've tried a couple of different plants in this to make a a screen. Um, We've now gone to a passion flower, which is very fast growing. It grows very densely. We have another one in our backyard. So that's what that planter is. And then we put in that lattice screen so that we don't see under there house, and they can't see us on the deck.
1: It, so it, seeing this photo, which is uh, looks quite different from the photo that I'll ask the appellant about in rebuttal, is it, it looks like the top of this lattice is actually significantly below the appellant's bedroom window. Is that also correct? It's yeah. hard to tell from this photo.
21: Yes. The lattice is the um, plant, if you see in this photo here, um, you can see the, their window is quite a bit higher than even the top of that, uh, the plant screen that we're trying to develop. We cannot see into their bedroom. The only time we can see anything in their bedroom is when they're actually standing at the window. Um, so we can't see anything but the ceiling. And when we, we have these lights, and you can see we added these screens, I'm sorry, these shields to the lights because they complained. Um, so that the light is now focused downwards on the deck and as I said, we only use that string light Occasionally sometimes when we have people over or if it's a special evening when we want to sit outside and enjoy it And all of the lights on the deck are are shielded downwards.
1: Okay. Thank you
0: Thank you. I don't see any further questions so you can be seated. We'll now hear from the Planning Department.
11: Thank you, Tina Tam for the planning department. 347 Howell Street is a two-story single-family dwelling in the RH1 zoning district. The scope of the permit is to obtain final inspection for work previously approved under building permit application 2017.08.08.4227. The 2017 permit was filed on August the 8th, 2017 and it lacked the required final inspection, thus the permit later expired. The scope of the 2017 permit was to construct a new deck at the rear of the property. The 2024 permit is for the applicant to seek final inspection and complete the permit process for the rear deck. The appellant is Christian Ard, the adjacent neighbor to the south at 349 Health Christian is concerned that the already constructed deck has created privacy and noise impacts. He's also concerned that there is no permit for the lights at the rear. Overhead, please. Here's a Sanborn map of the subject property. The property is shown in blue and the appellant's property in red. Below is an aerial photograph, and you can almost make out the location of the new deck in relationship to the, to the appellant's property. <clears throat> Here is a partial site plan of the subject property and the design and location of the new deck. It measures about 14 feet wide and seven feet in depth. And it's placed generally at the center of the lot with a five foot setback to the north and a six foot setback to the south, which is closest to the appellant's property. And as you can tell, there's already a existing setback on the appellant's property, which results in a. Setback between nine to 10 feet building to deck. The deck is minimal in size. It's no more than eight feet in height. It complies with the planning code and the design guidelines. Um, It was approved over the counter back in 2017. Um, And the department requests that the board denied this appeal on the basis that the permit was issued properly. That concludes my report. Happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, we have questions from Commissioner Swig, Commissioner Trisvenia, and Vice President Lemberg.
2: So, um, so I learned, uh, I learned about seven years ago, <coughs> or seven or eight years ago, early in my term here, that contractors do stuff like they don't file for the finalized permit and many of our issues have been subject to that negligence. But can you, do you have any idea, or maybe Mr. Birmingham does, is um, how often does a contractor uh, who's completed a job who would rather not go, who is done going back to the site, how often do contractors forget to close those permits on behalf of their clients just is it an really, really irregular event, or is it something that happens fairly often? Well, what characterize that would you, can you?
11: I'm not sure I can. Um, okay. uh, <clears throat> this permit actually didn't come to planning um, okay. when it came back for final inspection. I'm just providing you with the background, but I think uh, I'm pretty certain Mr. Birmingham can answer that question okay,
2: I'll ask mr. Birmingham that that, that question just uh. Just to characterize that, uh, that this this happens, but I've really have always wanted to know: Does it happen ten percent, five percent of the time, ten percent of the time, or you know what? What is it? That's all. Thank
3: you. I'm hoping you can enlighten me as to the process that allows the appellants to come before us. And you, you've, you've stated as up to now, as far as everything you know, pending the final inspection, there are no violations of anything.
11: <clears throat> Thank you for that question. I, I do believe there was a notice of violation issue for the property. Um, it was not something that the planning department issued, DPI issued that uh, notice of violation, citing that the 2017 permit lacked the final inspection therefore wasn't a a complete permit, which I believe triggered the filing of the 2024 permit.
3: But, okay, okay, so as to substantive problems, the only reason there, the reason for the 2024 permit was because the process wasn't completed the permitting process procedurally
11: yes i believe that's that's correct okay.
3: and any, and you have not yet identified anything substantively that is a problem
11: true okay
3: could the inspection that's a, there's an inspection about to happen correct <laughs>
11: I believe so. That's what's part of the 2024 permit is to go ahead and have the final inspection to make sure everything complies with the plans.
3: And if there are, if that inspection identifies or finds violations of code, that could
1: be addressed?
18: Correct.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: Uh, Just for the sake of thoroughness, um, the eight-foot post in the corner, would that have been approved by planning when this originally came through? If it had been part of the plans?
11: Yeah, I'm not aware of an eight-foot post as part of the plans. Um, It's not denoted in the 2017 permit set. Um, And it's not been brought to our attention, the planning department's attention, that there's something built or constructed that didn't comply. it sounds like it's been taken down which which is I don't, a I'm, good I'll, thing
1: we'll have to confirm that with the parties but yes. um okay uh and similar question with the with the lighting I, I I don't think that would even come into play in in the planning department's view but I am just confirming what I just said to be true okay thank you
0: Thank you. No further questions. We'll now hear from the Department of Building Inspection.
5: Good evening, Kim Birmingham, for the Building Department. So, um, once the per- once this permit is approved, we will go out and perform a final inspection. If we see any code violations at that time, we'll issue a correction order. If they see any electrical work that was done without a permit, we'll write them a correction notice and have the electrician go out and look at it. But under the, uh, the, the complaint that was issued for the lighting, it does the electrical inspector did go out and note that it was temporary lighting. It was a plug-in lighting. Therefore, it's not covered under the code. So it's a mute point, really. As far as the posts in the corner, if we go out, we will ask them to cut them down because they weren't on the approved set of drawings
0: Okay, thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Swig.
2: Yes. Going back to my informative Percentage. learning curve, uh, how often is it irregular, regular or not at all, that, uh, that contractors kind of miss the final step? Yeah.
5: On a project like this, it's it's very rare because generally the final payment is tied to the final sign-off. You don't get your final check until you show me the signage. So on a small job like this, you're probably looking at, you know, 5% of the time it's not completed in full.
2: Okay, so this was this was a... An anomaly. Can we characterize this potentially? I don't want to uh, go either way on this, but is it, can we characterize it as um, a, a contractor didn't complete their job... Yeah the the client saw well i got my deck i I didn't know anything about a final
5: final." yeah you should have tied his final payment to the sign off job card here's your job card here's your final check
2: yeah and so so what you may what you may or may not go out and find is a perfectly complete deck all status quo according to but it's just that one what we're talking about here is Somebody didn't do the final step and and didn't get caught.
5: Yeah, Not I mean anything. there is an inspection history. They, there was inspections performed out there. So and everything is visible. It is all the framing's visible. So it'll be a pretty simple inspection.
2: Yeah. All right. And this wasn't uh, the, this this deck when it this was over the counter. Yeah. There was no appeal. Oh, there on was it. plans for it. So. Huh?
5: There was plans for it. So.
2: Yeah. So there was plans went over the counter. There wasn't a, an appeal at that time based on those, those plans. And had there been an appeal, that would have been the time that the, the next-door neighbor might have come and said, I want a privacy shield, yeah. at which point that would have been up for discussion, but yeah. it wasn't. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you. No further, no further questions. Okay,
5: so we do think the permit was properly issued. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We're gonna now move on to public comment. Is there anyone in the room who wants to provide public comment on this item? Is there anyone on Zoom? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public comment, so we are gonna move on to rebuttal. Mr. R, do you have three minutes? Thank you. Uh,
20: So regarding the uh, question of why we didn't um, appeal uh, when the deck was originally built in 2017, is because we did not get a 311 notification at our house. Um, Also, no 311 notification was posted on the property. So by the time that we found out that a deck was being built, the 311 notification period had already passed. Um, Regarding the uh, electrical wiring, the gentleman from uh, BDI mentioned that. Someone came out and looked at it. So he was looking at the temporary lighting, uh, the the, um, secondary, additional lighting, and he determined that that's just temporary lighting and it can plug into the electrical outlet. What he failed to realize is that the electrical outlet was installed without a permit. And you know, we could get a, get a permit retroactively, but it is a safety issue, so let's just get this one right. There was no permit. I mean, if, if there is, let's see it, but there's no permit for the electrical. Um, Regarding the planter, um, we hired a uh, professional licensed uh, horticulturist. She looked at what he was doing with the planter. She said it's not going to work um, That the, uh, what, uh, because of the, the um, depth of the soil. She, she said it's not, that's, that's not going to be adequate. Um, and regarding the shields on top of the lights, if you put shields on top of the lights, it's gonna keep the light from going up, but it's the the bulb. Still, um, you know, it's not going to prevent horizontal uh, light pollution. Uh,
1: thank you.
0: Thank you. We do have a question from Vice President Lemberg.
1: Thank you. I did just want to follow up to what I was uh, asking the permit holders earlier, which is regarding the uh, the privacy screen and what I guess what that looks like from your from your perspective, because the photo that you presented is actually quite different from the photo that they presented, and I'm. I, can, maybe can you put up that photo that you showed earlier again? Oh sure. Uh, that sh- that showed the privacy screen, or the the, whatever we want to call it, lattice.
20: Um, well, there's, actually, I didn't show this earlier, but this is a different view of it.
1: Where is that taken from? Uh, my yard. Oh, that's the yard. So that's not your bedroom. That's from below your bedroom, presumably.
20: Right. That's, uh, from, uh, standing in my yard.
1: Okay. And, and when was that, uh, lattice put up? Um, a couple of years ago. Okay, so it wasn't when the deck was first built. Is that accurate?
20: Right, it was not there when the deck. It
1: was added afterwards? And afterwards. Was yeah. that as a result of a conversation between you and your neighbors? Or, I mean, no. how did that come to pass? No, they, they did that on their own. Okay. Yeah. W- was it something you had previously talked about with them? Uh, no, we had talked about uh, a
20: trellis, um, but we didn't talk about lattice work.
1: Is, aren't the, to my ear those two things sound one and the same? Can you yeah. elaborate on what the difference is?
20: Oh, uh, trellis was uh, as he had constructed it was wires.
1: Oh, or, okay, wire. but this is wood instead, which. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, and as I mean. What I am seeing is is that your neighbors have responded to to some of your complaints, which is that they've you know they've kind of addressed the vertical lighting, which I you know that first one of those photos that you showed was fairly alarming, but it sounds like they took some corrective actions to do that with the the the, the vertical coverings. Sorry, I'm not hip on all right, the they, lighting lingo, but
20: um,
1: right, they took corrective action, but the
20: action was to put. Uh, a top on the light so that you know it doesn't the light doesn't project upward but the lights projecting horizontal so i I, yes they took action but it was it was not effective
1: i mean what other action could they even possibly take other than removing all of it well are the lights really necessary well i don't know that's not my decision to make but um okay so what if anything would would solve these problems for you apart from you know i i, I you, you did state this rather clearly in at the beginning of your testimony which i appreciate um but the post we've already heard from dbi may you know is subject to an inspection anyway and the lighting it sounds like your neighbors have already taken corrective action on that so what else what else is there i guess that would make the situation better for you? Uh, remove the eight foot post? Apart from that, which I, I think DBI's already addressed, or we'll be addressing shortly when the final inspection
20: right. comes um, out.
1: I guess we'll take a wait and see attitude on
20: what they've planted. I mean, our the horticulturist that we hired said that it's not it's not gonna work because of the depth of the soil, but. I, there, there's nothing else we could do I okay. mean, we're doing it here we're doing it now all
1: right thank you okay thanks
0: thank you I don't see any further questions so we will hear from the permit holders nothing further okay and planning department
11: <clears throat> TINA TAM for the Planning Department. Just um, a point of clarification for, for the appellant. Um, the deck is located within the buildable area of the lot. It is less than 10 feet in height, so um, Section 311, neighborhood notification, is not required for the project.
0: Thank you. Anything further from DBI? No? Okay. So, commi- commissioners, this matter, or, do you have a question for DBI? Okay.
2: Um, we, we heard from the appellant that he was concerned that there was, a uh, the electrical service was may never have been permitted. Um, would you suggest that he visit you after the hearing, um, and call that to your attention? So there, there would be a that would be part of the inspection?
5: Oh uh, We'll definitely look at it okay, when we go out there. Okay, thank you very much for doing just that. Just another thing, you know, you might wanna think about leaving that post if they're gonna train wires and train a vine on it. Cutting down the post would stop somewhere to anchor the wires, but that's a personal that's, choice between. That's,
2: that's for you all to recommend when you do your inspection, but I just wanted to make it clear to oh, the yeah. I'll definitely the, make a note to have appellant, him take a look at it. He has the opportunity of visiting with you, calling that to your attention. And Absolutely. then it will become part of the, the investigation. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Thank you. So Commissioners, this matter submitted.
1: Commissioner Swigger, are you interested in starting or? Oh what the heck? Um,
2: <laughs> I, I I think this is a matter of circumstance. Uh, the um, you know, a mistake was made, the, uh, the the deck was built, there wasn't a final permit. We've heard this before. Um, at least I've heard it before. It was a mistake, um, and any concerns of the um, the appellant, I believe, will be covered in uh, in the follow-up inspection on on what is the new permit. So uh, I, I would move to. And there are, as I just pointed out, there their process in place. So now now. The appellant has the opportunity of going to DBI and and requesting that attention be paid on to certain things. So, I would I, I would deny the appeal on the basis that the uh, that it, the the permit is properly issued. Commissioner Appler um
8: i i would concur with with the outcome this is one of those circumstances where we have uh, neighbors that are going to need to to live with one another and um, clearly that's in a strained place right now and there's nothing really we can do to try and move that along i would you know just kind of gently suggest perhaps to the permit holders that you might think about how you can increase the screening a little bit that might just buy a little bit of of goodwill and happiness in the future but otherwise with respect to this permit um, i think that the final inspection that this permit facilitates will address several of the appellants issues
1: commissioner trezvino i I concur with my
3: colleagues especially commissioner swig that uh, the permitting process the, and, and the inspection will uh, help bring this to closure, and and I would deny the appeal.
1: Uh, I, I, too, will deny the appeal, and I uh, ultimately don't feel too bad about bringing up the post-issue because the whole point of this permit in the first place was to get a final inspection, which would have resulted in that anyway. Um, I concur with what Commissioner Appler said, that I, you might want to consider uh, raising the lattice screen not out of a necessity, but just out of a, an interest in maybe resolving some neighborly disputes. I don't know if that'll actually work or not. Uh, that's not for me to say, um, but I do concur with his uh, reasoning behind that, um, and I think I, I don't think there's a basis to grant this appeal, so I'm also in support of of the motion uh, that did you bring that? Yes, okay. Yes,
0: so we have a motion from Commissioner Swig to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued on That motion Commissioner Trasvenia. Aye. Vice President Lemberg. Aye uh, Vi- uh, Commissioner Epler. Aye. Okay, so that motion carries four to zero and the appeal is denied Thank you. So we are now moving on to item number 7. This is appeal number 24-001, Pamela Fine versus Department of Building Inspection Planning Department Approval, subject to property 681 12th Avenue, appealing the issuance on December 18, 2023 to Jenny Chen of a site permit, erect a one-story type 5 greenhouse slash ceramic studio in the rear yard, erect two-story type 5 building, single-family home with basement consisting of greenhouse ceramic studio. This is permit number 2022 2 and we will hear from Ms. Fine first. Welcome. You have seven minutes.
16: Thank you. I'm not
0: quite No problem. Ready. We'll, we'll pause the time until you're ready.
20: I can remove mine if
16: I still have mine. Oh, yeah, do you want to take it out? Because you probably
7: want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did take it
16: out. Oh, that's better than you thought. I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my reading. Yeah. Um... Okay, I see that. What? Um, I'm ready to start now.
5: that to be presenting as you speak?
16: I'm sorry, what? what, what?
5: Presentation? Yeah. Yeah,
16: okay. Okay. um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thank you, commissioners. Uh, My name is Pamela Fine and I live directly north of the um, permit holder. And what we're looking at here is a panorama of the affected area on the block. Um, On this block, um, we're composed of mostly single family homes and we enjoy 120 foot deep lots, leading to a lot of greenery And this is really a hidden gem in the inner Richmond. And, no, how does it go next? How do I advance? I'm sorry. Oh, down, okay. Arrow. What we're looking at now is the permitted artist studio project. The red rectangle (laughs) rectangle represents the entire project, the walkway from the house, to the studio, the studio, and then the awning projecting out. This takes up half of the 72-foot depth of the backyard space. And I want to remind you that this is an accessory structure and the definition of an accessory structure is that it be for minor use. This is not a retirees hobby room, but an artist's studio and it is designed for major use. Um, One of my major objections is that it violates the traditional mid-block open space. On our block, we have a very strong open space. Um, I only count three um, interruptions of it. Um, The architect counted eight, but I'm discounting five, and I will tell you why. Um, One of these interruptions is a potting table and not really an accessory structure. Three of these interruptions to the open space are patio greenhouses adjacent to the rear of the dwelling, and they only project about 10 feet into the open space. They're really just a part of the home and then we have an adu it's a two-story adu i think it provides three units of um, resident residential housing it is one of the heroes of the mid-block space it is not an interruption and then we have three bona fide interruptions we have these storage sheds that are built discreetly at the rear of the property. They use a lot, um, they use natural materials, they're very small. These are appropriate accessory structures. uh, This is a really, really great mid block open space pattern that should be protected against further incursions against it such as the permit uh, holders studio. My next objection is to the glass material. It really has an awful effect on the light and privacy. It, while it is permitted for an accessory structure, please remember the size of this and the placement of it in the front of the garden. Um, more importantly, It's a working artist studio designed for occupancy. When I am working in my backyard, I do not want to be confronted with someone else's workspace. I want to see backyard activities hanging out there. Um, And I think that's reasonable. She is putting a workspace in the backyard. And um, That's just a real violation of privacy. If you are going to allow this structure, please have the walls be be solid and get rid of the glass roof. This is a reminder on accessory structures. They should be for minor use, which this isn't, and they should also use materials that are appropriate for residential construction. This project is um, steel and reflective glass. These, the reflective glass is not appropriate for a home. Um, And it is not in concert with the surrounding buildings. Um, Yes, it's a cubic form, but that just means it exists in three dimensions and that it uses right angles, and that's not enough. It is not a backyard garden architecture. This looks more like the entryway, a entry pavilion to a performing arts center. It's not backyard. And then finally, what we're looking at here is on the left slide, this is a photo of the permit holder's patio space. Is about nine, 10 feet deep and 28 feet wide. This seems like this is a wonderful um, location for an art studio. It um, doesn't interrupt the open space. It, um, you don't have the light concerns. She can take the building, rotate it 90 degrees, scale it down a little and put it in this space and then she can look at her wonderful backyard, which is the picture on the right. Um, we're back to the panorama again, and so I just wanna mention a um, uh, uh, few things. One is, um, hopefully, my neighbor and I, we share a fence, and back in 2019, when she was remodeling the home that she inherited, she approached me about building a shared fence um, and she came up with the design and she represented it as a way that we could both enjoy each other's beautiful backyards and still have a very open space. I agreed, I paid my half, and then two years later, she is transforming her backyard Um, Into something that I don't want to look at I certainly would not have paid for this fence if I had known about it at the time Thank you very much for your attention to this
0: Thank you. I Don't see any questions at this time so you can be seated. Thank you, and we'll hear from the permit holder Welcome, you have seven minutes.
19: Good evening, Commission. My name is Brent Martin. I'm the architect for 681 12th Avenue. Um, This project is well within the setbacks set up by the planning department (laughs) We are um, 43 and a half feet back off of the rear lot line. We're eight foot nine from the north property line and five feet from the south. The studio itself takes up 285 square feet, um, which is this portion kind of in this area here, and that is 15% of the backyard. It leaves um, 80, or 14%, 14%, excuse me, um, leaving 86% of open space in the backyard available. Uh, we understand the light concerns um, and the light concerns of, the, of an all glass structure and we have selected a tinted glass, uh, gray tinted glass that removes 71% of the visible light transmission So 29% of visible light passes through this glass assembly. And I have an example of it here. So during the day, this will be a well lit space to work in. And at night, this glass will keep light from escaping the building. Um, We believe that that is a, a positive thing. During the day, it will create privacy, the reflectivity, the tint, will create privacy from neighbors looking in, um, and at night also control glare and light escaping the building. Um, for the roof, we propose blackout roller shades to be used to control light at night going upward. Um, so we, we would have this installed by the, gla- the glass system vendor as part of the, uh, the assembly, and those could be rolled shut and contain light uh, from escaping at night. Uh, There will also be curtains around the the exterior. So really horizontal light escape at night and also vertical escape of glare and light pollution will be controlled. Uh, Part of the lighting system is an adjustable track lighting system providing localized down lighting to the work areas where they're needed. And we will also provide glare control, honeycomb louvers on that lighting system and snoots to really control that horizontal escape. So light, it will not be flooding out of this. We, we do not intend to build a lantern in the backyard. We understand that's a concern. It's a concern for, for us as well. And um, we will control it. Um, Looking at the backyard and and the scale of the neighbors and their additions, we believe that this is in scale with the backyard, the rear yard additions that come off of the backs of these houses are very common throughout both the Richmond and the Sunset, and this is one of those. Um, It's in scale, it's a single story piece, Um, and we believe that follows the residential design guidelines of providing if you are adding out, if you are building out in your backyard to keep it within scale and not go to two stories and not build up against property lines. And we're not doing that either. This drawing is the north elevation showing the open space passing the the canopied area, passing between the studio and the, the back of the residence and the canopied space out into the backyard. That whole elevation will have curtains that can control light at night. If Jenny is working in there at night, this is really intended as a daytime studio, and um, and so you know the intention really is to work there during the day. That's why it's made out of glass, so that she can be outside and work um, without using artificial lighting. Looking at the residential design guidelines, we understand there are really two types of mid-block open spaces in the city. We have strong type, which is a large open pattern without interruptions, and we also have an irregular block pattern with accessory buildings uh, within the mid-block open space. The residential design guides don't necessarily pass judgment on which of these is better than the other. Um, And if we look at the entire neighborhood, or or look at a portion of the neighborhood we see that we have both here we have irregular and we have a strong pattern this block happens to be an irregular one with a series of structures in it the project we're proposing today is one of those structures and going through you've already seen some of these images we have greenhouses we have sunrooms we have pergolas and garden sheds um, gazebos, and the two-story ADU uh, cottage in the middle of the block. That is is part of this pattern, and we're simply adding to that pattern. Um, The the fences on both sides um, really can be modified to create more privacy and more light control if needed. Um, the, The property owner has been growing vines on the south fence and is proposing to build a larger landscape screen on the north side as well uh, as this project is developed so really we believe that we're hitting seven points we're well within the side all the setbacks the height limit we are using glass to control glare we're using roller shades and curtains in the building to control ESCAPING LIGHT, WE'RE USING TRACK LIGHTING, ADJUSTABLE TRACK LIGHTING THAT'S VERY CONTROLLABLE.
5: 30 SECONDS.
19: AND um, and WE BELIEVE WE'RE WELL WITHIN THE PATTERN OF CONSTRUCTION IN THE NEIGHBORHOOD FOR THIS USE. THANK YOU.
0: OKAY. THANK YOU. I SEE A QUESTION FROM COMMISSIONER TRESVINIA.
19: Yeah, th- THANK YOU FOR YOUR
3: TESTIMONY. Um, CAN YOU Tell me how much of the, the last slide you had, you had seven items and seven in a sense accommodations to your neighbor's request. Can you tell me when you conveyed those to her and told her that that's what you're doing?
19: Um, the, the tinted glass is new. We, that's, that's been an addition um, in the last couple of months. Um, The roller shades and the curtains have been in the project for a very long time. Uh, We came to the discretionary review with the glass roof. Um, We have email records that told uh, the planner as in addition to the neighbor about the glass roof. Um, In December of 2022, we also presented the glass roof in the discretionary review. Um, So that was was part of of that record. Um, and then the first time really, I, I will just take the the moment, the glass roof as a point of contention. Um, really, it, w- it was in the discretionary review. We talked about it with the planners and the neighbor in December. And then it was in a set of drawings that was bubbled on June 1st of
3: 2023. So, okay. um, so, so it's fair to say that over a period of time, you've heard, the concerns and complaint you've you've provided some things and whether they are slightly satisfactory, largely satisfactory, or fully satisfactory, that's that would that would be up for, for the neighbor to say. But I, I, I just it's so yes. it's good to know that you that this, this exchange has gone on. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I don't see any further questions. So we'll now hear from the planning department. We're not at public comment yet. Yeah, after the departments,
11: <clears throat> Tina Tam for the Planning Department. 681 12th Avenue is a two story single family dwelling in the RH1 zoning district. Constructed in 1915, the property is a potential historic resource. The scope of the permit is to construct a one story accessory structure connected by a semi covered canopy at the rear of the subject property. Okay. Here is a Sanborn map showing the subject property. It's on the west side of 12th Avenue between Balboa and Cabrillo Street. Um, The appellant is the neighbor to the north at 679 12th Avenue. Um, The appellant is Pamela Fine um, and she's concerned that the new structure is too deep, too tall, and too glassy. And will impact the midblock open space and create light pollution. Here's a partial site plan. The new structure is approximately 300 square feet in size. It measures 20 feet in depth and 15 feet in width. Here is the 10-foot deep breezeway that connects the dwelling unit to the structure. And there's also a five-foot overhang at the end of the structure. The new structure will be set back about five feet on the south side and six feet, nine inches on the north side, which is closest to the Pellins property. This is the rare elevation of the subject property. It shows the height of the structure, um, 11 feet on the south side and 12 feet on the north side. Um, and it looks like approximately um, there being a setback about 10 feet between building to building. During the 311 notification period, Pamela Fine filed a discretionary review, DR. Her issues about the new structures were the same as the ones she raised in the permit appeal. At the March 2nd, 2023 DR hearing, the Planning Commission expressed full support for the project. They discussed how the structure is sensitively located within the buildable area of the lot, They noted that there are several other detached structures at the rear, and therefore the new structure will not impact the mid block open space. The commission suggested to Pamela to explore ways such as constructing a tall fence or planting trees along her side of the property to minimize any potential impacts she may have for the project. On a six to zero vote, the planning commission approved the permit on the basis they did not find in any extraordinary or exceptional circumstances for the project. The project complies with the planning code. It is within the buildable area of the lot and well below the height limit. The new structure also conforms with the residential design guidelines. The commission also determined that new modification to the project were necessary and instructed planning staff to approve the project per plans dated September 21st, 2022, which was on file with the planning department. At this time, I would like to note that the roof material for the structure did change. Whereas the roof material on the September 21st, 2022 plan set denoted it to be a solid material, the revised plan submitted after the DR hearing is showing it to be glass. Planning staff is not supporting glass for the roofing material. We believe the glass for the structure is not appropriate or necessary and would make the issue of light emittance and reflectivity raised by Pamela Fine relevant. As such, the planning department requests that the board grant the appeal and approve the permit on the condition that the plans be revised to reflect the solid roof material for the new structure.
0: This concludes my report, happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Vice President Lemberg, and then Commissioner Swig has a question.
1: Thank you, Ms. Tam, as always, uh, for your very thorough presentation. Uh, My question is actually regarding something that nobody talked about, which uh, at least uh, in testimony this evening, which was about the accessory use, um, which the appellant has opinions on for sure. I wanted to ask if you had an opinion on whether this is permissible as an accessory use.
11: certainly it's called an accessory structure it's related to um a use that the owner of the property who is an artist wishes to um practice her art in which is um permissible in this in this zoning district
1: okay and i i did note several examples in the permit holders brief that i would say implied that that was the case but didn't necessarily explicitly say uh, th- there were no examples of artist spaces, I guess, specifically. Um, it, it seemed to mostly be things with professional licensure, I guess. Um,
11: not entirely sure. This is not a commercial use. This is her personal sort of space. Um, she lives, in the, lives, lives on the premises. Um, it's common to have somebody have space for them to do their personal
1: Certainly, yes. Art. Um, and then... The only other thing that pop, that kind of occurred to me, apart from uh, the point that you brought up that I was uh, going to ask you about, but then you answered that question already, um, if this were kind of a more traditional addition to the house within the buildable area, um, traditional additions don't have windows all, on all sides of them like this structure does. How does that kind of play into this? I'm not even really sure what question to ask here, but it feels different to me right. than a room being added onto the back
11: absolutely no I, I completely get your your thinking um with that question um it is the structure is made out of mostly s- steel metal and translucent glass um, and and when what think that that's not a compatible or consistent material. Um, We, however, feel that because it's one story, um, and it's, um, you know, fences are allowed up to 10 10 feet in height on, on shared property lines, we didn't feel that it was a concern for us. We allow more flexibility, more creativity, with design when it's only one story, especially when it's pulled back five feet, six feet, nine inches, um, for a 28-foot wide lot, we felt that it was okay.
1: All right, thank you for that honest answer. Uh, Commissioner Swig.
2: You asked mostly what I was gonna ask, but I'll just take it one step further. Um, this, this structure um, is separated from the, the main building, from the main house and there it, therefore it is an auxiliary structure. Correct.
11: Um, no, no, right. not entirely. I mean, uh, we have accessory structures in the required row yard that had limitations to sizes. This is just part of, you could call it an addition, an expansion. Um, so that
2: that was my. It's, th- th- it's
11: connected to the so with th- the overhang.
2: So, so the the perception of this is not. An auxiliary or supplementary structure to the main house. This is viewed as a an extension of the main house and expansion.
11: You could you can consider that because it's connected. I, it has a, a footprint that goes beyond. I'll, I'll put it up so that we can visually kind yeah, of I'm see Yeah, I'm not
2: it. Ar, I'm not arguing the point. I just want to get clarity around. Is this a is this perceived as a, a separate building? Or is a, a, as a perceived as an extension of the the existing structure?
11: I would call it semi-detached, semi-attached, uh, okay. attached only at the at the sort of the canopy level, but it has a kind of a, a setback on all four sides.
2: Okay, um, to to the argument uh, that it it obstructs the mid-block um, demeanor, uh, if the if the permit holder uh, wanted to expand uh, her house in the same way uh, that she's doing it or in the same direction that she's doing it, that is uh, from a massing standpoint, how much bigger Mm -hmm. could could an expansion of the house be? Forgetting the design that it is, but sure. if, if she wanted to expand her house with the same massing, how, how much bigger could she, could her building envelope be?
11: Yes, I'm gonna go ahead and use the overhead to maybe illustrate um, what I believe is your question. This is, again, the partial site plan. This shows pretty much the rare portion of the lot. Um, The lot is 28 feet in width, which is slightly wider than some of the typical ones that we see in the city. Um, The required rear setback for the RH1 zoning district is 30%. And I believe it's denoted on this plan set here. So this is maybe the line. So it certainly goes close to that 30%. Um, but in terms of its width, um, it not being in the RH1D zoning district where site setbacks are requirement, you can go all the way to full width under the planning code. For the zoning district. And because the height limit for this for this parcel is forty X, um, it's thirty-five feet, three stories. And as you know, this is a one story, set back on both sides. And so we can see that the two version of what I believe you're asking versus what's being proposed.
2: So if it was a regular expansion and it wasn't what is proposed, it could be a, a, a lot wider and a lot taller, bottom line. So she's not using, she's not maxing out. That is not to say that if she was trying to do the same thing with two stories, that is a two-story uh, right. That you would have, would have approved it, but the, 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 the what I'm getting here is the intrusion of the mid-block open space. If if indeed this was a regular expansion, uh, the extension into the mid-block open space could have been could have been wider and and could have been higher. So this we've had this. I'm not going to characterize it as this, but I've heard this characterization before. This is a conservative expansion based on what you know what could be. Is that is that a fair characteristic? I believe so. I the co- the month,
11: commission but. themselves <laughs> mentioned this is a sensitively designed project. Yeah. Yes, it can go wider. It can go taller. If it was two stories, um, and it had a depth that's proposed before us, we might not be 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 kind of reviewing it in the same same way. But if way. it was
2: a solid walled typical Correct. extension of a house, you, you, they, That that could have happened. Okay, and so your only exception to this. Uh, is that the you would prefer planning would prefer and and the neighbor would prefer significantly that uh, the the roof return to the September 21st 2022 uh, plan that was approved by the planning commission?
11: Yes, and here's a here's the rendering that was part of the DR packet. You see the roof material is it being solid? That's what I believe the commission. Um, took action on and this is what I believe is currently in the plan set which is a, which is the gloss material that we're not, we're not supporting.
2: Right, and and in your view, planning's view, that would mitigate a significant proportion of the concerns rendered by the appellant with regard to um, the beaming of the.
11: It-
2: of the of, of the studio.
11: Certainly, it would, it would certainly <laughs> minimize that potential impact, and plus, that's not what the Planning Commission saw. We would, we would want the Planning Commission to see it again, because it's
0: a change from what they saw and took action on.
2: Okay, thank you very much for that. I'm done.
0: Thank you, I don't see any further questions, so we'll hear from DBI.
5: commissioners um not a lot i can add to what ms tam addressed the permits were properly reviewed as far as all the different departments uh we didn't realize it was supposed to have a solid roof at the time it went through building but now that we know that we would also want it to be reflected as per what was approved by the planning department so not
0: a whole lot we can add to that Thank you. I don't see any questions at this time. So we're going to move on to public comment. Is there anyone in the room who wants to provide public comment on this item? I do see a hand raised on Zoom. Stella Bialus. I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. Please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself.
22: Thank you. Am I unmuted? Yes, I can hear you. Thanks. Uh, Thank you. My name is Stella Bialus and the pronunciation was fine. I'm the neighbor to the west. I'm the back back-to-back. Our backyards are adjoin. and uh, I appreciate uh, the need for the artist to create her uh, artistry and and use her space the way she wants. The one thing is that is really disingenuous to say that the structure matches. All other mid-block structures that we have in this block, they are mostly uh, more, much smaller and definitely none of them are 12 feet tall. So the, the height of the view building, even though it's a one story, doesn't match the average height of everybody's first floor. It's basically a floor and three feet above that. So it does uh, create, We have uh, we are on a hill, so we walk out straight into our backyards And so I think that uh, we have asked already whether or not there was any accommodation, but we haven't ever heard anything related to that. The other thing that I do appreciate the changes that have been made, particularly in the location of the kiln, and I understand that the kiln has all the mechanic permits, but I have asked this before, and I just really wanna know what are the emissions from a kiln and whether or not that has problems. Uh, we heard that that is not bad but not bad is not data and so we are just concerned even though it is now exhausting in our collective backyards because it's 20 feet away from the actual house it is still going to be uh you know venting into our backyards and i just wanted to know what it is that comes out of it because depending on the materials used for the glaze or for the ceramic that could be some toxic components and we have no information on what it is that's going to be coming out of the uh, vent, uh, other than saying it's not bad Um, and this was uh, back since december 2021 we raised this question when we had uh, another uh, poll on this issue so thank you very much
0: okay thank you is there any further public comment for this item please raise your hand Okay, I don't see any, so we'll move on to rebuttal. Ms. Fine, you have three minutes to address the board.
16: Um, Yeah, I will mention that the permit holder described it to me as lighting up like a lantern. Regarding the accessory structures, the three sheds that violate the mid-block open space, they are all wood, they're all 60 or 70 years old, and you can see that they are deteriorating, and the building codes are not going to allow them to be rebuilt. And I also want to mention that um, per the SF mandate, building 80,000 more residential units, um, that affects Funston Street, they can build higher, and that in concert with this extension, this can really open up a can of worms of McMansions being built on these lots. even at one story, the glass wall is really intrusive into the neighbors. Um, one, f- a couple final things. The breezeway, the ceiling on the breezeway, it does um, cut through these high windows placed in my dining area. And it would be really nice if they could be adjusted down a foot and not block them, that diagonal um, ceiling that they have. And also one more word on building extensions. I have looked at the design resource guidelines and all the examples that they show in that are um, drawings of buildings with solid opaque walls this glass is really really problematical Um, just um, and while this meets the quantitative requirements of the building code it really does not meet what I the qualitative it is not, it is of major use. I have lived next door to the permit holder for many years. She does work at night, I can see that. Um, that's really all I got, thank you very much. Thank you, we do
0: have a question from Vice President Lemberg. Ah. Thank you, Ms.
1: Fine. Um, as, as you've already heard tonight, uh, planning and DBI are requesting that the uh, project be altered to change the materials of the roof to an opaque, opaque mm-hmm. surface and I, I i trust that that addresses some of the at least you know some part of the concern
17: yeah um,
1: it, it, oh, sorry past that though i you know short of the whole thing not happening at all or moving in its entirety i want to focus a little bit on what tangible changes you might suggest that i mean you know and again, kind of short of redesigning the whole thing um, as far as you know the opacity of the walls and everything. What you know, are there any other kind of con- discrete changes that you would want to see made, uh, past what Planning and DBI have already recommended?
10: Um,
16: I mean, thank you for that question. Um, when we had this call, I think it was in December twenty twenty one um it's like the preliminary call that's required. Um, everyone who spoke up on that call was against this building. They had ample time to take these um, our concerns into consideration, but even after that call, they changed the ceiling and added, well, it was going to be pendant lights and now it's track lighting. Um, I mean, I would suggest they really lower it, um, lower it. It's now like 13 feet high, I think. Um, nine feet would be much more, it would be more acceptable. Um, get rid of a lot of the glass on the sides. This isn't a greenhouse, There's the glass is just too much. Um, I've suggested moving it into the, Um, breezeway that was described um, but the architects that said they can't because then the doors won't open the property owner refuses to put it inside her the home she inherited which is 3200 gross square footage she doesn't want it next to it I, I get that this is her dream but it's a dream in a garden my dream is to have a garden. I'm a gardener, I enjoy it. Um, Having this really tall, dark glass building looming over me, it's not appropriate for a backyard and not the backyard of the pictures that I showed you, so. Okay. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We'll now hear from the permit holder.
23: good evening everyone um, welcome we can't hear you though
0: if oh. you wouldn't if you oh, can oh, move sorry.
23: good ahead. evening everyone um, my name is Jenny Chen I'm the owner of 681 12th Avenue and I've been a ceramic artist for over 25 years I'm not a production potter I'm flattered that Pamela considers that major work is going on but I hand build and uh, I work small so um, I, I would love to be a major artist, working on huge projects, but it's simply not the case, and it's unfortunate. But you know, it took me a long time to actually realize I was a, I could be an artist because you know parents' expectations and all that. So I had other you know careers before that. But um, I just want to say that artists, and I believe most people, do benefit from having quiet and separate uh, studio space and workspaces. Um, and it is, it is a, a, a dream to be able to, to have this. Um, and for the appeal, we did really pay attention to the neighbors' concerns about the light. And I, I think we've taken steps that are both creative and energy efficient. So the tinted glass is not just... Dark glass—it's reflective, not hugely reflective like mirror glass is, but it's enough so that it will reflect the landscape and the environment around, which is is beautifully green. I have to agree with that, and so um, I I do have some examples. That I've shown that that it does Overhead. have. Um, can you see? Hmm. Sorry. you know, it, it's not going to be wildly reflective like a complete mirror house like some of these are. It'll be more like this, where it's mildly reflective. So you will have, but you do have privacy from that. So, um, and also ha- being, you know, reflecting the landscaping around it, it will just create sort of invisibility for the building, not a complete invisibility, but not as intrusive um, as uh, Pamela th- uh, says it's going to be. Um, So, uh, the blackout shades for the roof. I love that the blackout roller shades can add flexibility to use and and control the natural daylight and heat in in the room. And and I think it fulfills the function of a solid roof, especially if I'm there at night. I'm getting older, so doing all-nighters is actually not part of my thing, but um, the, I think that with the, with the light transmission being lower and the, and the roof being in um, the blackout shades, we'll be addressing that. So I think that, that my architect, Brenda's designed a beautiful space for me, and other neighbors have told me they really like the design, um, and they look forward to seeing it completed. So our efforts have been in good faith and I do think they address the concerns and have added value to the design. And I hope that you will support the last permit that was approved um, with these, these Thank changes. you, that's time.
0: Thank you. Thank you, we do have a question from Commissioner Trezvenia. Yeah, th- thank you, Ms.
3: Uh, Chen. Uh, and I appreciate your architect describing the changes and the accommodations and the interaction you've had with your neighbors. I've Two questions, one is you've heard from the uh, department regarding the move to solid as opposed to glass. Without commenting on whether you find that acceptable or not, can you tell me whether there is any disadvantage to your studio with a solid as opposed to glass Well, I
23: think with the roller, which is what I really loved about the blackout roller shades is it sort of fulfills like two uh, objectives. One is that there was always concern that there would be too much heat in an all-glass building. And I think having these adjustable roller shades would allow me to control any heat uh, interference. But also, you know, artists do love light. And I want to work in daylight and not have to use any light that would happen during the day. So I do have a concern that, you know, you know, San Francisco's not the the, you know, sunniest place in the world, so I would have to be using lights in order to light the space. And this way with the roller shades, you would be able to invite more light into the space.
3: So it's fair to say that the glass allows you to have access to light that, that the solid would not. Yes. Okay. Second question I have is one of the people who who spoke by phone talked about the concern about the kilns and the, and the emissions. Are, do, do you know who that person was who? who?
23: Do I know the person?
3: Right. What, 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 I wanted, what I would like is if you or your architect or some expert can talk to people who have that concern in the immediate proximity to assure them, or at least give them information about, the, about kiln emissions. Was that, is that something you'd be willing to do?
23: Of course and you know it would be installed according to the mechanical code the california mechanical code so i you know that should make emissions like relatively small plus it's a very small kiln it's like less than 5 cubic feet and and, and also ceramic materials and glazes have changed a lot over time they use you know ingredients that aren't toxic anymore well, and i, th- I, I think, was i think your yeah.
3: neighbors would be- would benefit from having oh yes education. i agree, i agree with you thank you
0: yeah thank you Thank you. No no further questions, you can be seated. Thank you. We'll now hear from nothing further from the planning or department of building inspection. Commissioners? I,
8: actually, I have a question okay. of planning real fast. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Need to- Sorry about that. Um, you uh, mentioned that the uh, Planning Commission had seen a plan with a solid roof and were recommending that we grant the appeal and modify the plans to have that solid roof go back and, and the way you referred to it was going back to the September 1, 2022 plans. Did those September 1, 2022 plans have completely clear glazing on the sides or did they have this uh, more reflective 71% um, opaque glass on the on the sides? And, and if, if And do we need to make our motion consider that as we make a motion?
11: I'm gonna double check so I don't say the wrong thing. Let me make sure I repeat your question. Are you asking about the walls or the roof? Yes, the walls. The walls are shown to be glass, uh, translucent glass.
8: Okay. So um, would the planning department then be be amenable to having the, the plans changed such that it's the more opaque glass, which would, mm. I mean, A, is has <clears throat> been what uh, has been requested by the permit holder, and B, would lower the amount of transmitted light to the neighbors as well?
11: I believe so if it's going to improve um, the, the amount of light emissions um, we would be okay with that
8: okay thank you for that
0: Commissioner Swick.
2: my question is about the same things that one let's call it part B of Commissioner Epler's question I um, I agree that the roof should be solid. I I loved the the <coughs> technology that the architect presented, um, which was which in, inhibited the escape of light from the uh, from the studio, um, and then the permit holder showed us the reflective nature of that, and that. That is a change, that's to me a change of direction, much like we just changed the roof from a glass roof to a solid roof. Um, the, the good news about that is that the light doesn't escape. The bad news about that is now we have uh, a reflective situation which would exacerbate and highlight intrusiveness into the mid-block open space, which we've already, already determined is, is legal but it certainly doesn't, may not build fine relations with the, the neighbors. Um, what do you feel about a reflective, uh, gone from a non-reflective glass, albeit n- not as environmentally uh, friendly because it it wouldn't keep as much light from escaping to a REFLECTION, A REFLECTIVE GLASS, WHICH IS GOING TO in, in POTENTIALLY CREATE A BEACON EFFECT DURING THE DAY WHEN, the, YOU KNOW, it, THE AESTHETIC OF, OH, YEAH, IT REFLECTS the, THE GARDEN AND THAT WOULD BE A GOOD THING TO, IT'S A BEACON BECAUSE IT'S, it's REFLECTING LIGHT AND CALLING ATTENTION TO THE STRUCTURE. MIGHT clear ON MY QUESTION?
11: A little, a little bit. Sorry. Well, it's, um, like, it, it, it's, it's like it's like it sounds it... like there's a slight change in the glass material. Yeah. It's still glass at the end of the day. Yeah, it's metal and glass. Yeah, but maybe you know it's more like you're saying reflective. It's a mirror. But it's not a mirror glass because I don't think we would be okay. supporting a, a, a material that's completely like a mirror. So we would certainly have to look at that more closely. Um, but we sounds like it's it's an imp- could be seen as an improvement. Um, but without knowing the specifics and knowing exactly um, the percentage or whether it's right. frosted or etched or it's hard for me to answer that because that, that's kind of new to what i'm hearing um, and different from what the plans are saying
2: well that's that's what just caught <coughs> my attention. I love the the responsibility of, that was taken by the architect to suggest this tech, new technology or this as Good, great technology that reduces the emittance. but then there's a you know there's a new element, which is that it creates a mirror too, and so <clears throat> maybe I should ask the architect in in uh, commissioner's um, deliberation whether there is an uh, another technology that he might suggest um, that would. Do the same thing but uh, but not create a mirroring uh, effect to the detriment of potentially of the neighbors um, so when we're moving forward with this, if we uh, we find that the structure is okay but we want to return to the you've already suggested language if we wanted to return to the september 1st or 21st i can't remember uh, 2022 plans um should we uh what should we do about that that glass because the 2022 plans had a different type of of glass do we have to be specific about this uh, uh and that means throw out the you know the the, the good with the I mean, the, the, do we have to specify the glass?
11: I don't think so. I think if it's um, a very slight variation from what was approved in the, in the September 21st, 2022 permit, we would have the discretion to say this is in line with what the commission saw and talked about um, and is consistent with how we feel about the project in accordance to the residential design guidelines. Uh, it's an improvement. We, we wouldn't... We wouldn't necessarily need specific language about the glass the glass
2: okay, uh, thank you very much. I'm still going to ask the architect <coughs> about that uh, design element in when we move to the next
1: chapter of this discussion. Thank why you. don't we actually do that now before we move on to deliberations? okay,
2: <laughs> fine uh, so can you get, can you tell because because the your your client put forth this this photo that, that suddenly showed reflection, and I've heard her next door neighbor, and next door neighbor doesn't like the, the whole concept in the first place, and it would seem that that's a great idea that you're reducing emissions of light at night, but during the day suddenly there's this, there's this mirror-like effect that might cause some concern and discomfort from the next door neighbor when she sees this reflecting situation. Mm-hmm. So what can, how can we have our cake and eat it too? <laughs> right,
19: um, well, I will say that all, almost all glass is reflective in some way to some degree. There's, it's really to get anti-reflective glass, you have to get that museum grade stuff they put in front mm-hmm. of paintings. Um, but glass used in buildings with low E coatings is going to be reflective by its very nature. The, the tinting of the of this pane of glass here adds to the bit of reflectivity that's, that's in the low E coating um, because it creates a darker surface behind it, right? There's more darkness behind, meaning what's bright out here gets reflected more, visually, uh, perceptively. So, um, you know one one direction we pursued was to for privacy was to put a film on the glass to put like an etching or a, a a a milky surface on the glass but the glass manufacturers that voids the warranty of this unit so we really can't we need to buy this thing off the shelf with the controls that we've got you know that's available so this this was the product that that we selected and it's not Maybe quite as reflective as what was shown by Jenny, but um, you know I think it, it's sort of this happy medium that um, it's semi-reflective and it's darker, so you really won't be seeing, you know, through necessarily as much. Um, and you know when we when we did make the change to the glass roof, part of that was to allow more light to come through the structure and not create this. Heaviness, this this dark shadow, so allowing more transparency through the, through the object. So that was really the one of the driving forces behind that. So
2: I think I'm going to take uh, planning department's advice and stay out of the glass business and let them <laughs> talk about that with you. So Commissioner Epler.
8: Oh, actually, just one question for the architect. Um, you, you, in your briefing, you you mark on that you remark on that, that that proposed glass type has a reflectivity of eighteen percent. Do you happen to know what the reflectivity percentage is on the regular glass that you had in your initial proposal? I'm just mm. that might help us quantify. it. If you don't have it, you don't. I'm just trying to help.
19: No, I d- I don't have it. I could look at. Um, well, I need my. Yeah. Do you have There's reading a, glasses on? I oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, that. I'm in the weeds,
23: guys. <laughs> um, nope. It's so, light. No
19: if you can see clear, if this is the R, R100 under the clear Okay, glass, that's clear, clear. Reflectance.
23: Reflectance, exterior, uh-huh. 32%. That's but if clear, I go okay. down to the opti-gray, it's, yeah. it's 18%. So yeah, that's, it's, that's what the break means 18. It's much lower
0: reflectivity than clear, clear. Got it. Thank yeah.
23: you.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. So commissioners, this matter is submitted.
7: Oh,
1: uh, who would like to start our discussion on this? Commissioner Swig. Sure. Um, I, I
2: think I would take uh, the planning department's recommendation uh, as stated by uh, the planning department representative. Um, uh, this could have been larger, could have been bigger, still be legal, um, the the uh, putting the roof back on. Uh, I think we, we, we must respect the planning department's uh, position on this, especially since the DR was completed, which is like a, a secondary backup certification of belief. Um, so I would, I would, uh, I I WOULD DO EXACTLY WHAT what TINA SAID.
1: COMMISSIONER
3: Yeah, I VERY MUCH APPRECIATE THE PRESENTATION THAT that TINA MADE FROM uh, THE HISTORY OF IT AS WELL AS THE ANSWERS AS TO VARIOUS ASPECTS AND ALTERNATIVES, SO I, I WOULD SUPPORT THE DEPARTMENT'S RECOMMENDATION. COMMISSIONER RIPPLER. Uh,
8: I generally agree. I think my principal concern when reading the materials was the um, transparency of the rooftop. uh, That that planning is advocating for the solid roof. It takes takes away my concerns about the project. Uh,
1: I I generally agree. I I was trying to get if there were any other small edits that uh, might be helpful to the appellant and I didn't get any of them. Um, So ultimately I I would also uh, and I I think I'll just make this as a motion since it sounds like I have universal support, Uh, I move to grant the appeal and issue the permit on the condition that uh, the project sponsor select solid uh, opaque roof materials uh, on the basis that a translucent roof would negatively impact light pollution and privacy concerns of neighbors.
0: Okay.
2: To make it, with all due respect, I just... Would um, do exactly what you said, and just so in support of the the planning commission's previous direction, and then uh, according to the plan, September first,
1: twenty twenty two. That is a friendly amendment. If,
0: okay. Yeah. So sorry. We have a motion from Vice President Lemberg to grant the appeal and issue the permit on the condition that it be revised to require that the plans. No, be re- just
2: Julie. He accepted my friendly amendment. Yeah,
0: I'm getting there. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The plans be revised to reflect a solid roof as shown on the plans before the Planning Commission dated September 1st, 2022, on the basis that uh, a clear roof, uh, I believe you said the basis that it, it creates light pollution and privacy concerns. So, therefore, with the solid roof would address those. I'll, I'll word it better in the minutes. <laughs> Getting tired. Okay, so on that motion, Commissioner Trzynia, aye. Commissioner Appler,
20: aye.
0: Commissioner Swig, aye. So that motion carries four to zero, and um, the architect. Um, we can. I'll, I'll reach out to you about the process here after, or if you want to just briefly chat on the side. I know. Okay.
1: all right uh thank you everybody uh and have a wonderful evening. <laughs> I messed it up
7: there. <laughs>